Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. Uh, it's me, Chris, with Jamie and Jonesy. How you doing, fellas? Mm. Yeah, good, mate. I, that was almost like a, a start of a, like a Jack and Ori or something for a minute. I just, I just wanted to just mix it up just a little bit. You know, I'm still saying my, my, my kind of like key words there, but I decided to deliver it in a little bit of a different uh, manner. How did it feel? It was I liked good. It. I feel relaxed, like you're easing me into this podcasting experience, which is a great way to be. That's what I like to do. Basically, the effect is that of lube before, you know, the thrust of the game news comes at you. Yeah. Fast and I've furious. heard that about you. Yeah. Chris Lube Joanidas, <laughs> the, the, the lube of the podcasting world. <laughs> Jesus. Louise. Imagine if that was like your boxing name. Like, imagine if... One of, one of the buffers had to scream at the top of his lungs, Chris, lube, joining us. Wow. I would love to see that live from Vegas. I mean, I wouldn't love to see that. I wouldn't love to hear that. I wouldn't love any any part of it. But that does bring up a, a very good question. Name. What yeah. would be your kind of like your wrestling call out then? Oh, God. Do, do you know what? This is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I played rugby... Some people would call me, there were two variations of it. And even though they mean two slightly different things, they were kind of, you can see the connection. It was either the bull or the bulldozer. And it was because one time I had to train with a different team. And the first time I trained with them, I just went on a a bit of a charging run, if you know. It's only rugby (laughs) aficionados. They just, um, just hands all over me. People, you know, grabbing at legs and shit. They just, you know. Hands all over me. So it would be Jamie Hansy McCulloch. (laughs) I mean that that was the second option, Hansy. but Hansy. So yeah, I don't know if that would. Um, no, I mean, I'm, but, but bull, I'm more of a lover than a fighter, though. So I like it. I like it. Yeah, thank you. Could take you could take a thank further you. and just call yourself Dozer, like fucking um, Matrix. Dozer. I was gonna say yeah, I couldn't remember where that was from. Of course, yeah. it's the Matrix. Dozer's a great name. That's it is a, like, great. That's, a, it's great. that's one of those ones that where the Wachowskis must have. That's a like you know a smile and nod moment when you come up with something like that. <laughs> is that we got it? We got it. Go oh, on, Jersey. Yeah, what, what's, what's yours? Oh, mine's easy, mate. I think I'd be the pork pie. <laughs> Alex, the pork pie. What, because you're, like, you would be an incredibly protein-rich, meaty snack, but you're covered in an outer layer of jelly. on the outside and pink on the inside. <laughs> no, but with yeah. an important layer of jelly that separates <gasps> the two. <laughs> mate, it's all about the jelly. If you haven't got the jelly, you've got a bad pork pie. Wow. Oh, the, the jelly is the worst part of the pork pie. I'm, I'm, so I, 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 need, I need a proper motivation as to why you're going by pork pie. I have no idea. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. Wow. It's also like, the more I think about this, Jonesy, I actually think you've ruined this whole bit because it's it's a mouthful, and I don't mean that that's not a pun, like <laughs> pork pie. <laughs> like, it doesn't roll off the tongue, Alex the pork pie Jones. Actually, it does. it does. Oh, my God, you're a genius. It does. It's Alex the pork pie. pie Jones. Alex pork pie Jones. Oh, God, I take back everything I've said. You've, like, made this bit worthy of the podcast. Well, hold Alex on. the pork is pie because, Jones. Is it because pork pie in itself is just kind of fun to say? And if yeah, you if you put it in, in it. any fun to name, say, fun to eat. does it work? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Boris the pork pie. Pie Johnson, it does. I mean, it does, it does work. It does work. It just works. Hideo the pork pie Kojima. Mm, it, it does. Like, yeah. oh, no, it, 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 it's there. It is there. I think it's always, it's not as bad as like calling someone like a gammon or something, but it still invokes a, pork a meaty, pie. a meaty snack yeah. with a bit of a short crust outer edge. And like Jamie said, you still got a bit of tasty moist jelly in there. No, um, you well, know, it's tasty as. 
questionable. It's salty. It's salty. It's moist. Mate, I don't need, need to hear. I don't need to hear these words in in relation to you as an entity. Okay. Mate, or you're the lube. Or is jelly more no, I'm not the lube. That's what Jamie thinks I am, but I am not the okay, lube. Then what are you? What are you then? If you're I mean, the I'm the crispy king, baby. Chris, the crispy king, Jenny. Okay, yeah, sure. You could get away with that. Yeah, I mean, it works. It, yeah. it, you know, uh, but then there is hot panic, but that doesn't really work as like a call out name. Um, no. The if we're going by like what I was referred to when I was younger at in university, I was called um, lovingly referred to as squirry. Squirry, squirry, like, like an that? affectionate name for a squirrel, right? Oh, okay. Oh. The squirrel, <laughs> Chris, the squirrel. So, like, you're in the boxing ring like this. I'll go for your nuts. Yeah, like, uh, what's the Ben Stiller fit where he, play, he plays the little squirrel man? <laughs> Is it Mystery Men? Mystery Men, that's it. The hamster. Yeah. Was he the hamster? Something like I don't, that. I've, yeah. I've never seen it. I just watched the oh, it's a music great video film. to All Star by Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> the only thing I know about it. I think I'd say there's potential. I've just watched that uh, music video like 15 million times. Yeah, fair enough. It was like constantly on repeat on MTV back in the day, but that's showing my age. Fellas, you know what? It's been really hot lately, um, and I've been taking some public transport. And, you know, before we get into the gaming side of things, because, you know, fuck you guys. We'll get to the gaming eventually, okay? But I just wanted to say my piece here because it's been hot. I've been taking public transport. A lot of people have been wearing sandals, thongs, flip-flops, whatever you want to call them. In whatever country Why you're their asses? No, no. Th- th- like, if you're in Australia, they're called thongs, which is the, the stuff you put on your feet. Okay? It's kind of weird, for sure. Yeah. Fine. You do you, Australia, and no one's going to kink shame you for that one. But do you ever have it that when you are sitting in public transport and someone's got their toes out, that you just count them to make sure that they're all there? I have this compulsion. <laughs> No, I've never done that. Honestly, it might never. I think you, you will I now. Think now that you I've have said to look you. away. No, because like you're you know, you, you kind of you don't know where to look because you got a, a, a public transport, a tram, a train, a bus full of people, and like you're looking at some people, you're looking at the faces, they look at you, you look away, and you look down at feet, and you see people's shoes, and you think, oh, no, this, this, is, nice the, this is the or, point at which I we we separate. When you said you look at the people, they look at you, you look away, you look at their feet. Like what? No, I'm just saying. Stop like, looking. You know, you're just looking all over, just looking all over. And then apparently what, you're looking at one place, mate, and you're counting. I yeah, like counting. how long do you have to stare at someone's feet and their toes more specifically to count them as well? Like that's at least. Uh, I mean, ten- I'm not going to suggest you take like do a toe per second. It's a ten second stare, but like if I Why? sat opposite someone on the tube and they were staring at my toes and mouthing uh, numbers, I'd be like, yeah, what the this fuck is the thing. Is- it does get kind of weird when I point and I go, one, two, three, four. What? No, huh? no. I've got it gets it. weird it's when you get down on your hands and knees and go, this will be your market. <laughs> I was going to say, it's even better. And then, he starts doing and then the just, rhyme. A, just as my stock comes up, I go, and this one went, wee, 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 wee. Give him a little tickle. Do, do you tell yes. them if one's missing? I have, I've, yet to, like- I've yet to find someone with a missing digit. but Only nine. I, I can't be the only one. I can't be the only one. It is like, it fascinates me. And it's a compulsion, sure, I get it. But like, if if, if there's digits there to count, I'm going to count them. I, li- uh, I like the idea that Chris just says to somebody with uh, nine toes, he just goes, where's the last little piggy? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> fuck. It's in the pork pie, Jones. You know all about it. Yep. Got we go. Sweeney Todd vibes. Anyway, yeah. that, that's my little tangent. Uh, do you guys have any kind of weird, like, public transport things? I know, Jamie, you've got loads. I mean, public transport things not... I mean, one thing I will say is that I think 
when it comes to flip-flops and sandals and looking at someone's feet, I don't engage in that, and I don't have that same compulsion. <laughs> okay. But I do probably err too far on the other side of you know, the amount of uh, summer clothing that I own and I'm comfortable wearing where people probably would start to think it's weird. So I think I've been on the record saying this before, but for example, I don't own a hat of any kind. I don't own sunglasses of any kinds. I don't own sandals or flip-flops of any kinds. I have two pairs of shorts, to be fair, and I, like I'm wearing shorts right now when I was outdoors in the early. So I've kind of come around on the short side of things, but there is still a large amount of quote-unquote summer clothing that I just won't, engage with at all <laughs> and i will wear hoodies for way too long i do that in the winter as well where i'll try and make a hoodie last when like a proper winter jacket probably should be being worn um <laughs> so i think so got, i just don't think that's like weird as, equilibrium as it were you, you say that but like look at how much i'm sweating right now clearly nothing in my body is in perfect equilibrium like the humidity is <laughs> fucking me um, so, so you're you're a, you're a spring a spring slash autumn kind of guy I th- see. I think I'm winter, and I just like dealing with the cold. Interesting. Ah, okay. I like. Well, I pre- buddy, thanks I, to global warming, you'll not have to deal with it for much longer. Uh, no, that's what the part. Because there's a thing with summer. I remember realizing this. I don't know why it took me so long, but it was about only only about ten years ago. Sat on a hot summer's day in my living room and uh, cover your ears for those averse Ooh. to you know disgusting mental images but i was very nearly naked and i was sat there just in my underwear in my front room windows open fan going just covered in a, a layer of sweat just shining like like i'd been covered in baby or baby oil or something like that and i just remember thinking there's nothing more short of going somewhere air conditioned that i can physically do to cool myself down yeah. other yeah. like i could be good jumping out of cold showers but realistically when it comes to like being sat here and doing my thing i've reached the limit that never happens in winter there are always more layers there's always something you can do and that's what i respect about winter so is a pussy okay winter's got balls because it's a challenge but it's one that can be overcome now you see i, I think it's the other way i'm, I'm kind of with you i'm no, kind of with jamie i'm gonna say i agree with you but i wouldn't say that like uh summer's a pussy i think if anything by your accounts it's the other way around because you've got to have balls mm-hmm. to have to go to the point where there's not much more you can do about it. You just have to deal with it. That's, 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 that, that separates the men from the children. Fellas. That's being a dick though, right? Like, <laughs> it's but being a dick, reasonable. but it's also balls. And as we know, balls are attached to dicks. Are, are they technically? Mm. Like, I don't, mm. They're kind of, all, like, kind of separate entities. Because like, I, I shouldn't say that out loud. Um, <laughs> separate entities. <laughs> one's around the back and one's on the front. So... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Wow. What was it I heard? Oh, I heard someone, someone the other day talking about, I think it was on some TV show, which was like about a, um, a statue that's being put up in a university. Oh, yeah. And they, were talking, and they were talking about how the it looks like a guy with his dick sticking out. Um, and the people were complaining because they were like, it's a really phallic statue. And one of the guests on the TV show was complaining because they were saying, at no point does the dick stick out at 90 degrees. And then it got me thinking, hold on. It's got to mo- it's got to move through ninety degrees at some point, so and it's traveling. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, what fair. a ridiculous thing to say. It, uh, twice at least, it's going to go through ninety degrees once on the way up and once on the way down. <laughs> so what's this guy on about? And now Jamie has raised an equally, you know, thought provoking yeah. thing, which is what technically are the balls connected to the dick, yeah. or is or is it just that they? It's almost like a roundabout. Two roads lead off the roundabout. They're not technically collect connected. But they're connected by geometry. Mm. Yeah, it's like a fork where your yes. balls go one way and your dick goes the other. It, yeah. 
But if anyone's got, if anyone has a medical degree, if you could let us know in the comments down below. Technically, the thing I was going to say, and like this is probably too graphic. I apologize. Okay, but I'm just going to say, it, is like you can cup the balls and like scoop the balls in such a way where the penis lo- ends up looking like a relatively individual entity. Like if you like, like you, let's you say you pull, were, you could pull them that way. Yeah, like if you pulled your. That was I was trying to avoid like any kind of tension or torsion, but like yeah, if you pulled them in such a way, like yeah, now, yeah see, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't like that analogy because okay, there are a dog's ears on its head. Yes, but if you like put do that thing where you put your hand on your dog's head and then like put its ears down and put it back, you can make it look like it's got no ears. It's so true. I don't, I don't like that. I don't this like true. that. True. Plus, like the dick is a weird thing anyway because sometimes like it's like where does it, it actually is. start? Like do you know? Like, because there's the, there's the bit that you can see. There's a bit that's out there, Mate, you know, breathing the, the fresh air. But like, it cut, it, it goes all, all the way it goes way further <laughs> inside. Like, you could tell me like your penis is like a foot long and starts at your hip bone, and I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, do you know what? Interestingly, there is a. Sur- Please don't go and get this, anybody. There is a surgery <laughs> that they can do. I, I think this was on one of those shows. Like, uh, have you oh, seen the show? Alex Jones doing research. Oh, it was on other, one of those shows. I'm pretty sure it was on the show in the UK that we have, which is, is it called Embarrassing Bodies? Where it's like someone goes to the doctor. Oh, yeah. Dr. It's on, it's on TV. It's on, like the, it's on like a massive terrestrial television station. And they get naked and they'll be like, my, my butt feels like it's falling off. And they'll be like, bend over. And then the cameraman's in there and they show everything. And I'm pretty sure in one episode, there was someone talking about like saying, oh, I'm embarrassed. I've got like my dick's not very big. And they were talking about the fact that they can go in and cut some tendons, which kind of holds it. Like so, th- so imagine the skin is here and the dick is here, right? Like as, as Chris is saying, you know, and if they cut the tendons, it kind of does that, oh. right? Yeah, because it kind of yeah. falls out a little bit more. Uh, why so should no? Why illusion. shouldn't we get that surgery, Jonesy? Why are you trying uh, to like shame people out of getting it? If you want to get it, but don't rush out and get it, because you know what? It doesn't actually make any functional difference. Because when it gets excited, you lose the extra length. It goes the mileage. Away again. Because it, the way that it then sits, you don't okay. actually gain any extra size. Yeah, but some, like, so but, don't but, rush out and get it. It's just for, just for look. It's not. Functional. I think I, I still I still think there's something to that. Like some people but, are yeah, far sure. more. Some people are, I think most men are far more insecure about showing than growing. And so if you're dealing with just the showing problem, then that is still if you're in the kind uh, of the gym locker room and you're yeah, uh, yeah you want to say, you want to cut those tendons, get it. Can, can I? Can I close this off with a little, a little bit of a few words of wisdom from one Bon Jovi? Yeah, um, go on. I'm trying to think where this is going to go, but yeah, go for it. So he was once interviewed about the size of his penis for whatever reason. I, I don't know why I remember this, but it's kind of stuck in my head. Um, and he said that his penis is like a how do you say it? Um, like Aladdin's lamp, right? And he said it's not yeah. much to look at. But you've got to give it a bit of a rub and you get the genie. And I just thought that's, that's a nice way of looking at it. And ever since then, I've been secure, you know, with my micro penis that when you touch it, yeah. it turns into a horse dong. Imagine, imagine being in an interview with a female singer and saying, how deep is it? <laughs> Jesus. Like, well, who's asking Bon Jovi? Wait, who's I, asking Bon Jovi how big it is? Like, what, how is that? I, I, I agree with you. Oh, it's, it, it's wrong on on either side of the uh, chromosome. How about, how about you divide. don't ask people about their um, their pants region when you're giving them an interview? Well, I'll tell you what. Today, I saw uh, Tommy Lee's dick. So, oh, nice. 
Yeah, he's watching, you're going back through the classics, trying to find some inspiration. No, no, literally it was his latest tweet. <laughs> oh, he just, is he out. tweeted out a picture of his dick? Mate, James yeah. gone straight for the phone. Look, he's there. He's please, like, please, please look it up. Oh, oh it's, it's about what, just, Tommy, just Tommy Lee's Twitter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just search Tommy Lee; it'll come up. He's, he's oh yeah, bad. he's just he's he's tweeted a picture of him sort of <laughs> completely naked. Wow. I don't know what I was expecting. I thought you'd be clothed. Oh, I thought you'd okay. be clothed now, and like, you'd see the out. outline. I thought or I thought you'd see an imprint of no, his penis, it's just, but no. It's just his Tommy dick. Lee has um taken advantage of Twitter's somewhat lax view on nudity by just being like, Here's my penis. Here's my dick. Jones, 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 hey, great. Hey, my brain, whenever you say Tommy Lee, it can't get away from Tommy Lee Jones. I know they're not the same person. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank God yeah, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, Jones tweeted a picture of his dick. <laughs> Imagine. I think that was that was that was the oh, original the ending of um, no uh, no uh, no no no, uh, no country for old men. He just gets his Look dick out. Penis. And takes a picture of it. Yeah. Oh, Someone's... Javier Bardem actually got his um, oh. Anton Chigurh gets his penis out in front of those two kids, and then he gets arrested by Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Someone shared a great meme, which is a Pikachu doing Pikachu shock face with the shadow of a dick over his face. <laughs> oh, Tommy God. Lee showing his dick. I don't. Go on, go on, Jonesy. Um, let's get your don't reaction in, there. Don't, don't put it in your underwear. That's your he, lucky penis. He looks younger than I thought he would. Yeah. It's all the drugs, yeah, man. Th- the, thing, the thing about like hardcore drugs like heroin or whatever is like it either keeps you like super young or just absolutely fucking destroys you. But I think yeah. the, the, the thing about keeping you super young is like maybe like one in a, in a thousand or something. Maybe. Oh, like you see yeah, other people just look. They're gonna they're gonna do an autopsy on Mick Jagger and be like, oh yeah, it turns out heroin was the reason he could still literally sprint around on stage in his eighties or whatever he is. <laughs> like maybe we should. It turns out in moderation, heroin, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You heard it here first. Everything in moderation. You know what else people hear will hear here first? N- not the gaming news because by the time we get to it. I would have heard about five different podcasts, but hey, we do our best, okay? And when I say we do our best is week on week, we get worse and worse at delivering gaming news to your earlobes. And we are doing that through the medium of social media and uh, the internet and web 3.0 and NFTs and CBDs and uh, GBH. HIVs? And and KET. Okay. Basically, oh, yeah. what I'm saying is we are available on YouTube if you want to look at our lovely faces, but we are also available on all major podcasting platforms of your choice. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and something I didn't realize, but iHeartRadio is actually a, a pretty big player, fellas. You wouldn't think it, and they are making inroads to try and get into the Ooh. metaverse to be the podcasting platform of choice while you are digitally smoking some meats with the Zuck. So... Mm. There you go. Nice. I want to smoke some meats. I'm sure you do, pork pie. Um, You can also... circle. (laughs) That's comedy, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Zing! Uh, You can also catch us on Paisley Radio, Thursdays at 10 p.m., paisleyradio.com for a repeat of the show live, kind of, like in a live format, but a week later. We call it uh, Live 3.0, NFT, GmbH, HIJ. Check it out. Uh, fellas, how about we we kick this off with some uh, anti-competitive news because we're, we're an anti-podcast, if anything, right? Yep. Made up oh, by... Right. The anti-cast. The anti-cast, yeah. That's uh, 
sounds like vaguely yeah, biblical. Like, I don't know. I was, I was, I was thinking it sounded <laughs> yeah. like almost, um, I don't know, like weirdly political. Like it sounded like something that might have existed in like the late 1930s, early 1940s in certain <laughs> European nations. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Okay, moving on. Um, Fellas, the Antichrist. It's it's it should be no surprise to long time listeners. The Antichrist. It should be no surprise to long time <laughs> listeners of the show. I'm moving on. I'm ignoring you. Um, that we we'll love a, we love a good deal here on the Super Show, don't we? We do, absolutely. And uh, what is the best deal in gaming, fellas? Hashtag non-spawn. Game Pass. Game I'll Pass. Game Pass. Hell yeah! So Game Pass, as we all know, is absolutely insane value for money. Uh, Microsoft has yet to pay us for saying as much week on week, but hey, you know, someday, hopefully. But in the meantime, someone who doesn't want to know anything about the greatest deal in gaming is Sony, fellas, because um, Sony is basically claiming that the Activision acquisition is anti-competitive. Surprise, surprise, they're a bit butthurt about the fact that it might be going down. So let's, let, let's get into it, okay? Because recently there was some kind of like, I guess, a hearing or something with the, they're called the CADE, but effectively it's Brazil's version of like the anti-competition commission, whatever it is, okay? And basically Microsoft was, was responding to claims, Sony's claims specifically, that its ongoing attempt to acquire Activision Blizzard would be anti-competitive, especially when it came to Call of Duty. So, you know, if you want to read into it, Sony wants Call of Duty and they're just really fucking shit scared that Microsoft's not going to put it on PlayStation. Right? This this so. is like this is like the when you're picking teams at school who's going to be on your football <laughs> team and the and the, they just pick the big kid who's really good and uh oh, you're they, like you, no you, I don't want them to have them. Yeah. I wanted them. That's not fair. And it's like I mean you're just picking it's their turn to pick. Is that's fair, right? And you're like no. Jazzy, <laughs> it, it holds fair in rugby when you when the one team picks Dozer I mean, you've won, right? That's just it is. Goes. It's like picking Jamie at rugby. That is exactly what it's like. And then the other team don't like it. There we go. Yeah, they don't so, want to get dozed. <clears throat> so look, as, as a response to this, what Microsoft did is they kind of reached out to numerous third parties, including Ubisoft, Bandai Namco, and they, they effectively like got their opinion on the whole thing. And Sony was the only company of the third parties that were Microsoft reached out to that claimed Call of Duty was a genre in its own with no competition, which is, I, I can kind of get, but also kind of not. Nah. It's, it's a weird one. It is a weird one. But then Microsoft <coughs> goes on to state that Sony doesn't want to see Call of Duty games on Game Pass on day one because it is resentful of having to compete with Microsoft's subscription service. And this is these are quotes here, okay? Sony does not want to... Does not want attractive subscription services to threaten its dominance in the digital distribution market for console games, because you know they they are kind of like killing it at the moment. So, in other words, Sony rails against the introduction of new monetization models capable of challenging its business model. So, if anything's like anti-competition, surely it's this way around. It, it makes Sony look, if not anti, not like anti-competitive, then anti-change. Right, like yeah. this this idea of actually we like things the way they are, and we like them because they've been very good to us <laughs> when it's come to um, selling hardware and obviously selling software, it, 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 like in part and parcel with that. Like, th and that's what this is all about, right? This is Sony coming from a position where they can create 
exclusive titles and and launch franchises and and maintain and, and hold on to intellectual property that shifts in some cases tens of millions of units. Microsoft couldn't do that. Moved in the opposite direction, and I think it's very notable that it's taken this push for Sony to now care about a Microsoft kind of um, effort that has been ongoing for years. Like Game Pass yeah. has been going on for years. Microsoft have been moving in this direction for the years, and now Sony are panicking. Now Sony are like these. They're Microsoft are making the kind of moves that could threaten our business model, which has been very cushy for us for so long. Yeah, right. Because effectively, what they've done is they brought the publisher to the number one game year on year on year. So, mm-hmm. fair play. Yeah, um, exactly. So all part of this has also um, been shown that Sony is active, well, it's been alleged that Sony has actively tried to hamper Games Pass growth by paying certain developers for blocking rights in re- in return for them agreeing not to add their content to Game Pass. In other words, hey, we'll give you this bunch of money if you agree to just not sign up with Game Pass. Which again, see, yeah. uh, that sounds pretty anti-competitive to me. <laughs> I, d- I, d- I don't think that does. I think it, that you can get to a point where it's like, I think it's, it's, it is anti-competitive and it's unfair and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think there's an issue if uh, Call of Duty goes into Game Pass. I don't think there's an issue if um, Sony pay to like block certain publishers from, or if they pay a publisher to not put their stuff onto Game Pass. If you're not, like, if they're not going to go after like Nintendo, <clears throat> and say, hey, Nintendo, you're anti-competitive because we want to put Animal Crossing onto our platforms. <laughs> like, if you're going to let them do whatever the hell they want, and then you're not really, it's not about the fact that you're annoyed that there's a whole genre that you can't get to and you're saying it's unfair. It's just because you're worried about impacting your sales of a specific game, which is, of course, exactly what they're really talking about. But if if Microsoft are making moves and they're, you know, being smart, yeah, I don't see how you can make the argument that it's unfair <laughs> because it's Call of Duty. That's so weird to me. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, if... Um, on Microsoft's behalf, Phil Spencer's come out saying like, it it would it would make no sense in terms of revenue to keep Call of Duty off of other platforms, and he's absolutely right. Like, it, yeah, it, course, it's yeah. such a money maker. It's such a money maker that keeping it even as a console exclusive for a year, it it doesn't make financial sense for them to do that. And yeah, you know, Phil's a decent guy, but he's also a smart guy, and I'm sure he's a ruthless business businessman, and if money's on the table, like that's you know, that's what's going to need to happen, right? I, I could see instances where anti-competitive is it would be make sense if, for example, there was some weird legal thing whereby any first-person shooter was you know oh technically Sony owned the rights to it and then they banned anyone else from going anywhere near an entire genre. But this again, like it's not. You can say it's a genre, but that's bollocks. You can, if you want to say it's um, Battle Royale is the genre, like they're talking about that. It's like, okay, it wasn't even the first. Yeah. It's not the only one. There are loads of other ones. If you want to say it's uh, multiplayer online shooters, it's like, again, there are loads of them. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> but this is How they do they cut- frame that as its, its own genre? You just mean it's too big. I, 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 think, I think it's kind of that thing of like, it's not literally you're saying, is Call of Duty an FPS, yes or no? It's, does Call of Duty have such a big and such a committed player base that it essentially functions in a way where there are now tens of millions of players who don't see there being an alternative to Call of Duty? Like, there's nothing else that they can replace Call of Duty with, and in that sense, it's become its own genre. Like, if you took 20 million Call of Duty fans and said, what would you buy if you couldn't buy Call of Duty? 
how many of them would say Battlefield and how many of them would say nothing. And if a lot of them are saying nothing, then Call of Duty has kind of ascended beyond FPS and become its own genre to the point that it can't be replaced. And that's what the, I think the, the, the implication is. But so that, that gets interesting because then if you want to say like, um, okay, that it's too big, it's, it's a Goliath or whatever, there's, yeah, like you said, no one's going to replace it with anything else. That starts to get weird because then you say, okay, what about FIFA? FIFA is absolutely massive. It's the only kid on the block doing what they're doing. So then you get to weird situations where you're like, does that mean that they should take FIFA, chop it in two? Um, so that the company, you know, often they do have companies where they'll say yeah, like, oh, break it up Meta so they're can't not own Facebook. And they, I mean, they've done it with Microsoft before. Where they said Microsoft can't own Windows and own this. It's like, if they were really going that far down that rabbit hole, are they going to take Call of Duty and, or sorry, say Activision Blizzard and say, no, the the battle royale part has to be one company and the um, you know the campaign part has to be another company. FIFA, do you have to say that the online section of FIFA is one company and it's not owned? But it gets so fucking weird, man. Like I think it's. I think we I think we avoid that weirdness by all unanimously agreeing that it ha- that it's not um, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, a yeah, genre in and of itself, yeah. right? Like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they're it's, just they're just trying it, man. It's, it's like it's, when the, it's like when what's her face? Who's the um, the singer? Uh, Taylor Carey. Swift. Oh. Taylor Swift tried to uh, tried to license. Uh, was it shake it off on something else? Like she tried to license every phrase she's ever used in a song, and some of them are like, um, oh, yeah. "I'm hot," or some weird <laughs> shit I can't remember. And it's hey, like hey, you can't, hey. you can't, you you can't, can't say, just hey, license hey, hey. phrases. Like what are you doing? I think Sony are trying to do one of them. It is kind of mental, and and it, it does kind of come across as just a little bit petty on Sony's behalf. Like, look, we're, we're not Sony fanboys, Xbox fanboys, either side of the kind of fucking Rubicon there. We are game fans. We like games, and we like all games on all platforms, and it's just kind of like, it, it just doesn't come across very nicely, like reading this kind of stuff. Um, it just almost feels like... Oh, but I don't want to play with that other toy because it's le- less popular. I want the popular toy, and I want it. Like, why can't I have it? It's like, well, you didn't pay for it. So, can I play devil's off. advocate for the two of you? Please do. Hmm. Is there an angle where you could argue that Sony are just trying to protect their, um, the people who own the PlayStation Five and PlayStation Four, and but and they're saying we don't want a possible future situation whereby they are unable to play um, certain games. Because we think that would be yeah, but why like, why would they say that? Jenny? The only reason they'd say that is because they're concerned about the sales, right? So if they pull if they pulled um, uh, COD or future COD games off of the the PlayStation, there's I suppose could you say Devil's Advocate? Or they're, oh, we're, they're just trying to protect people that own the PlayStation. I mean, it's a bit of a weak argument, even so, because I, I feel like exists, they've done but... that, but the other way around. They they pulled um, Cyberpunk from the store because they felt it would. It is not a great. Ex- Eventually, it's not a great experience for users on on PlayStation, so they pulled it from the store. Because they didn't want to get I think the other way around is maybe like less likely. It, it, it's purely because they just don't want to miss out on the revenue, right? Like you're saying, the yeah. like the the game that's like number one, number two each year in the charts, and all of a sudden they can't have it. Of course, they're gonna freak yeah. out. Yeah, like I, I think it's a yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's like that kind of, and it's also just a, probably because. There's also, I'm sure there are people within Sony that are a little, little bit like 
maybe regretful, right? Like that this was a market and an opportunity and a space that they didn't think there'd be much growth in, or that they thought that their business model was so secure that they didn't need to acknowledge the growth in. And it's maybe not necessarily caught up faster than they thought it would, but it's becoming more of a clear and present danger in a faster way than they perhaps early anticipated early on. But fundamentally... Do I, I think Sony would be slightly concerned if there was a risk of Call of Duty going uh, exclusive to Microsoft-owned platforms in the future. I don't think Sony would be happy about that. But I don't think there's a version of Sony that's actually worried about the impact a growth in Games Pass will have on their business model. I don't think there's much of a, a correlation, for example, between, you know, um, Microsoft completing this acquisition and putting a future Activision title on Game Pass and the impact that will have on sales of Spider-Man 2. You know, I don't think that those dots are connected yeah. and i think in the sense there's probably an element here of this is just not quite posturing but this is just so doing what they they almost need to do to look after them like a small form of self-preservation even if it's like knowingly fighting a losing battle sometimes that's what happens in these weird sort of like corporate um sort of slightly competitive scenarios i don't i don't think they expect this to sway anyone and yeah, yeah. um you know yeah, I, I've got a question. I'm, just, I'm almost I'm almost just surprised at how like how much Microsoft are willing to get the claws out and and make allegations about what Sony are doing to be arguably equally as anti-competitive or to halt their progress. Yeah, yeah. which make, does make Sony look a little bit petty. Like imagine, make, sorry, <coughs> no, sorry, go on. I was going to say Sony themselves, who now have a subscription service, or could be Sony could be spending money to improve the product and the service they provide PlayStation owners, but they're spending money diminishing the product and the service that Xbox owners get, and like that's a that's not a great public look. Yeah, yeah, it's not. If that's true, I've got a I've got a theory here, fellas. Let's let's get your take on it. Okay, what if Sony's um, idea for all of these different gate? uh, PlayStation Plus tiers hasn't necessarily worked out in the way that they wanted to. And now this is almost like a a follow-on step from that. I don't hmm. I don't see how it could be. I I don't think I don't think they thought the tiers system and the upper tiers were going to be something that would would swing any needles about who's going to be getting PlayStation over Xbox. I don't I don't think they thought it was going to do that. But you don't you don't see a world where it could be they were expecting a much bigger uptake. The uptake is really low, and now they're kind of reeling from it, and they're thinking, well, if we try to be a competitor in our own way to what Game Pass was, even though they said they're not competing, um, that they're swinging the other way and saying, well, if if you can't join them, fucking beat them, right? Like that kind of Hon- thing. Honestly. I don't think there's enough evidence that and maybe this is me just sort of like passing on my opinions on PlayStation Plus in the form of fact, but I don't think Sony have put enough effort into their new PlayStation Plus restructuring to say, you know, with any confidence that they kind of gave it a go and tried to create something and then were disappointed by the it's still like been, can't it's been be early doors for sure. Yeah, but look, look, we're in the second we're about to get the second batch of new additions to um to, to come to PlayStation Plus Premium and Extra landing in the next week or so. And you look at the list, it's like the Yakuza games that were already on Game Pass, Bug Snacks that was a PlayStation Plus title at some point, um, Metro Exodus... Bug Snacks is going w- on Game Pass soon as well? I, I think it might already be. Yeah. Metro Exodus was, is no longer on Game Pass, but was on Game Pass for a long time. Like There is a feeling that Sony are already at the point where they're like 
just picking up the, the scraps, so to speak, mm. from publishers that are happy to have their games on subscription services rather than going out and finding unique, cool things. And, like, yeah, I don't know. That's... I think I, as well, I, yeah. like if you look at wider economy, society at the moment, like people are all feeling the squeeze. Consumers are struggling a little bit, and it's just going to get worse. And I think we've we say it probably too often, but when you can look at the fact that you can get Game Pass, and you can effectively say, Do you know what, I'm going to get that, and it's the cost of one game um, for the, for a year basically, and then I don't have to worry about not being able to afford like new titles. I I don't think Sony come anywhere near with um, their new offerings to even make people question because people oh, yeah. are still going to know I need to go out and buy all the new PlayStation 5 exclusives if I want to buy them. And when they're looking down the barrel of like $70 games and they're looking at five or six titles in a year, like, you know, I, I, I don't think Sony thought that what they did was going to challenge that by any stretch. It's all, Yeah, no, I, I, I'd be surprised if they did. I, you know my feelings on this in that it's all going to be five to 10 years. Everything's going to be cloud-based anyway. It's all going to be subscription services. There's going to be no hardware, but we're not there yet. And Sony have not done anywhere near enough to well, Yeah, Sony's not challenge. done enough, but Microsoft, funny enough, they have. They're pushing for it, Jonesy. Yeah, you know. no, they are. They're the ones who are moving in that direction. It's, it's funny, actually, because I say that, but then do you know what? My kids this week have played loads of streamed games through the PlayStation um but it's not called now anymore. But you know, through the uh, through the stream game service yeah. on PlayStation, and and you know, so they, they've they've got something there. They've tried. They've but they already had that. They already have PlayStation now. They've just rolled the two things together. But if they really want to compete with games, Games Pass, it's got to be God of War Day One is free on on Sony whatever it's called on the top tier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then as you they're said, they're never going to do that. No, they're never <laughs> no, going to do won't. it. And You're right. Do you know what? Do you know what? Everyone would sign up for it. Yeah, you, you watch all the people sign up to it, but then because they're not going to do it, it's like, well, then you know, if you're not going to do it, don't don't worry about it. You're in a different. You're in a different. You and Xbox are in different places. Don't worry about it. One's playing baseball, no, what, what, other one's playing basketball. Simple. Yeah, what I was going to say next week, what you'll see is Sony are going to come out and they're going to push uh, God of War Ragnarok to the 11th of November just to piss off um, Microsoft, yeah. announcing a one day delay. To- <laughs> To take the, the the artist formerly known as Starfield's release date. Yeah. Well, funny that you mentioned God of War. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and I don't know. It, it's just like it's a head scratch. And I feel I kind of feel bad for Sony sometimes because if I, I sometimes I hear this stuff and I hear, oh, where did this happen? Brazil. Oh, okay. And it's almost like makes me think that Sony of Brazil are the ones that are kind of like spearheading this. And Sony It's in one Japan, guy in, in an office yeah. in Brazil. Yeah, it's like, like it's just like fucking yeah, exactly. Zhao in, in the fucking Rio de Janeiro just kind of like kicking off. Whereas like, <laughs> <laughs> then you've got whatever executive in Japan being like, did you know about this fucking Zhao guy? <laughs> Zhao's fucking us up. Zhao's fucking he us up. He said what? Um, <laughs> that would be so fun, man. That would be super fun. I'd be sorry for. I feel sorry for Zhao, even if he, um, you know, even if he thought it was a good idea at the time, and he's getting ripped. Oh. I was just trying to protect the brand. Was that your Brazilian? It would. No, what would my Brazilian be? No, I can't do a Brazilian. Well, remember, it's got that, that yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, we have a Brazilian. There was a lot of near kind of almost like scout style noises. Wow, we have a Brazilian like, um, um, uh, Discord person, don't we? Someone on Discord's Brazilian, we, I think so. A hood, right? Like, isn't he like half German, half Brazilian, or something? No, I, I mean, who, I, I apologize. Hood, if that's completely wrong. I think he lives in Switzerland. I thought. No, I thought there's someone else. I thought someone else was Brazilian. Okay. But do they have a Portuguese accent? I guess not, because it's like. Uh, they speak Portuguese, I mean, but they speak Portuguese. It's accent. probably got different um, yeah, like elements di- to it. Like, kind of thing. like, 
The only I, I should I, the only thing I know is I from MMA and football specifically is some of the way like name pronunciation stuff. Like one of the things that um, uh, Chris already touched on is that J's are hard. So like um, like well like so like you wouldn't get a Jose from Portugal or from Brazil. It would always right. be like Jose Mourinho or Jal Moutinho. You said like that, and I suddenly just thought like of Chris Cyborg's like like roided up voice like uh yeah but i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it yeah like yeah there's also a weird thing where like they don't pronounce i don't know if there's a brazilian thing or what but they don't pronounce r's in names and like it gets it gets changed like an h sound yeah and there's a guy called wilson hayes in the ufc but his surname was spelt like r-e-i-s but they would call him hayes it's very, very unusual, oh, and I can't okay. elaborate that on on that any oh, further because I'll yeah. I'll say something stupid or wrong or both. <laughs> but and that's what this podcast is here for. Come on, if anything, yeah. I I heard an I heard an interesting uh, who was it was telling me so because I know so my my wife's uh, cousin he I think he's married to a Brazilian and he's and he lived out there for a long time and I think he's still out there now and he's and they had uh, they owned a house out there and stuff. Um, and I think she was telling, so it's like a two secondhand story, but um, whereby this Brazilian girl was over in the UK and she was chatting to someone who was then telling my wife something, which was that. Um, so I don't know if this is true, but don't get overexcited. In the you know everyone listening, they were saying that apparently in Brazil there's like a, a real lack of straight guys, like oh. single single straight guys. So they were like, if you go on holiday as a single straight guy to Brazil, then you could do very well with the holiday romances. Make sure you get lubed up is all I'm saying. I don't, I've, I've no idea if that's true or not, but I was like, because Brazilian women are supposed to be like, very, you know, very beautiful women and stuff as well. I was like, that can't be true. Where, where like, have they gone? <laughs> like, what have the dudes yeah. just maybe, left? Maybe it's that, just the case that like, no, no assumptions here, but maybe Brazilian women are thirsty. And it's like, okay, uh, as any guy that goes up. there, it's just like, okay, well, there's some some fresh meat. I just think the, the, the Brazilian tourism board's working overdrive and you fall <laughs> for it. Yeah. I'm not going. Was it Vegas who actually did that as an advertising run? Like they put billboards up in London and it was words to the effect of go to Las Vegas where your accent is an aphrodisiac. Like yeah, basically yeah. saying like <laughs> right, yeah. travel, travel to America to get laid. There, there were was, ads on the tube. I remember that. That's mental. Yeah. yeah. Never thought of it that way, but you're right. It's kind of creepy. Um, I'd say it was a friend of ours. I won't say his name, but uh, if you remember, he went to China and he happens to be particularly tall. Uh. And um, <laughs> for a while, he re did refer to himself as someone who was well-known in China because the, everywhere he went, people would like take pictures of him. Famous in China. And, um, yeah. yeah. And because he said he they were so like, what the heck? Yes. Yeah. yeah. My uncle's like six five six six, and he works oh, in the geez. Philippines for a little while. In the Philippines as well. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. I gather, <laughs> gather it's a pretty similar experience. Did, did he come back with a Fili Filipino wife? No, he still has his English wife. <laughs> I was going to know they shot him on sight. They were like, get out! <laughs> just start like, shooting him. <laughs> yeah, I'm a oh, dude! I've, I'm just I've, really got a, I've, got a, I've got a great bit of trivia about the Philippines for you. Okay. Go on. You're, you're right, and and this, this may be a bit racial, but uh, it is a story related <laughs> Maybe leave by it, Filipinos. Okay, So, you know the film... Finding uh, um, Finding Nemo. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the pair of uh, goggles? Well, it's not goggles. Like scuba, scuba mask. Oh, scuba mask. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the name that was written on it? Yes. Go on. P. Sherman. Something P. Sherman. P. Sherman. Okay. How about yeah. this? So, 
if you watch the credit roll of Finding Nemo, a lot of the, a, a, a fair amount of the names you're going to see there are Filipino. A lot of kind of like Filipino um, technical artists and 3D artists worked on, on the film. And um, the way that apparently, this is what I read, the way that Filipinos say that the letter F is a P. Yep. Okay. Oh, because it's like Filipino. Filipino. That's okay. the joke, So yeah. if you take P Sherman and if you change yep. P to F... F Sherman. F Sherman. Fee Sherman. For Sherman. For Sherman. Fisherman. Fisherman. So and apparently that's how Filipino ah. people say it's like a joke, like an in-joke for Filipino people. They're like, oh ah, yeah, F okay. Sherman, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, yeah, weird. Interesting. That's like one of those things where they hear hid sex or whatever it is in the sky and Oh uh Lion Lion, Lion King? King? Yeah. Nice. I think it was Lion King. Like the animators like put little cheeky things in yeah so yeah. i'm thinking this might be a recurring theme um our partially racial approved uh mess story of the week what do you think <laughs> partially racial yeah. i know someone filipino so i can get a second opinion on this if we need I, to and then it i do be as well less racial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. check uh if you get slapped just report it back then we know to never do the segment ever again but if it's okay then maybe we'll find the next factoid racial this factoid segment has been week. filipino approved it's gonna stamp on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, fellas, it might not be Filipino approved, but this podcast is patron approved, approved by our Patreons who went to patreon.com forward slash super show and supported us with their kind monetary donations. For as little as two dollars, they got access to our Discord server, and so can you. Five dollars gets you access to a whole bunch of behind the scenes. Um, Podcasts, uh, uh, Patreon exclusive podcasts. Some, uh, I've, I've, I've lost my train of thought, Jeff Ellis. Help me out. What have we got? What, have um, we got there? what else we got? Uh, making, not making a murderer. What is it called? Known murderers. Known murderers. Uh, a bunch of unaired pilots from ATG days. Um, oh, our let's play of the quarry. Which fellas? We need to get Ooh. together soon and record part two. But yes, that's all there. If you head on over to patreon.com forward slash shoot. I'm, I'm slurring now. I'm, I'm a drunk Super Super Show. Patreon.com forward slash Super Show. Like that. Thank you very much. Go pledge your support and make the Super Dream. Super Dream Super Show. What's happening? Am I having a stroke? <laughs> What's happening, fellas? Maybe. Can you, you smell toast? No. I'm dying. Almonds, I can smell. Almonds. Lovely. Almonds, uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep the cameras rolling keep the lights on support us over on patreon.com and on screen right now you can see some names of people that have done just that exact thing i'm talking about aaron cameron athletic gravy bill caesar brimstone cole k i snort rock salt jesper camdahl nielsen leo Merger, mindful pig mr anthropic nathan Piers, pastors guild of course the big daddies themselves brett z aka shellshock doppler Geometric Potter, Haxel Bookread, Manuel Guerrero, and of course, Peaswad. I said it before, I'll say it again, the one and only. So, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has pledged your support. We really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, we keep on coming back week on week, except for that one week that we weren't able to, uh, because of <laughs> you. So, thank you, one and all. Thank you, thanks, thank everyone. you, everyone. <sighs> thanks, fam. Fam. Well, fam and fellas, while I uh, recover from my stroke, how about a little bit of a cheeky comment of the week? 
I like Comment it. top of the week. There, oh, there we go. There it nice. is. Nice. Okay. We've been looking for a jingle. We found it. Yeah, nice and easy. Sometimes <laughs> the simplest jingles are the best. Uh, and this week it's coming from Slick1977. Good to see Jonesy back. Way there he is. Uh, I really hope you finish your Let's Play of the Quarry. Well, we got to do that then. <laughs> that is, it, was such a laugh to, it was such a laugh to watch you. Would love to see more Let's Plays if possible. Even reviews or watch parties. Definitely could see you guys with your own Netflix or Prime show. Also, merch needed. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, let's start with the quarry. Yeah. Right? We've we, we got to do it. Yeah, we I have. Mean, we yes, really yeah. have got to do yeah, part two. Part uh, two, coming soon. Yeah, I'm thinking... Like, coming sometime. <laughs> yeah, coming soon. Dot TM, which is uh, Super I, Show Speak for. Yeah, probably sometime it, it, this year. Here's why I'm thinking about it, is that I don't think us three will meet up again at Jonesy's house without filming another episode of The Quarry. So, like, the yeah. guarantee is that if the stars align for us to physically be together in a place where we can film, then there'll be more. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I just wonder if, like, I wonder if the Let's Play is the way to go. Maybe we should just stream it and then have it as a pod. Yeah, we nearly did that last time. It's usually me that um, throws my toys out the pram whenever we kind of <laughs> contemplate streaming something rather than filming it. Yeah, you just get um, hot and sweaty, but, you know. I do. What else is new? Um, exactly. I mean, right, we're then, recording this and then look What about, like, you know, reviews, watch parties? I mean... I would love... Joel, I'd love to do reviews. That's something I've since... That's the thing I started watching back in the day, like... You know, first thing online when I used to watch video game content was reviews. But it's such a bloated yeah, but John, didn't, didn't we say this before? We must, We need to do re review reviews. And that'll be oh, our, yeah, our, we our did shtick. Say that, yeah. Right? But yeah, yeah. technically, you are reviewing the game with your view, <clears throat> but held up against someone else's view. I think that's fair. I think that's a nice way of doing it. Yeah, we said we did. Yeah, we said we'd look at the reviews other people have done and like take them, agree, disagree, take them apart. But... Yeah, I don't know. There's danger there as well because if we get called out for saying something really stupid, it's Mate, like if if the one thing that Top Gun Maverick has taught me is you've got to live in the danger zone. That's joint. Yeah. Also, if you do a re review True. review, I tell you what's interesting about that is you can effectively end up with a rating. But rather than have games rated at like you know this is the best game, this is the worst game, you end up with like these are the most accurate uh, places that we we agree with. These are the least accurate, so you mm -hmm. end up with you know. Certain people say, "Oh, we always." And then, and then, what we do is we pull a we pull a Fine Brothers and we um, trademark review review. That I'm down for. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's, that's dollar signs, baby. That, that's big brain. I guess. Big brain. My, my concern with that would be, and it get, this gets into the usual rhetoric. I know what his concern. Around. I know what his concern is. As uh, someone who's in the gaming industry, um, I don't <laughs> want to touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> I mean, that, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, sure, that's 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 a fair fair point. Um, Jamie gets called into the big office on the twentieth floor, and they're like, um, "We've well, just we been found checking out some of your content." Oh god, um, wow. yeah, I'm going to leave that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say one. You kind of get into that territory of like, and people you know shit on me for the saying this, but I love saying it because it, it it's true. Like, how can you end up like finding that? I don't know. You've got to be careful when so many places are publications or websites that don't host reviews written by the same people. 
So it's like oh, very true, yeah. And the and the other thing I do slightly worry about with that is that let, let's say we started review reviews and it was open ended with regards to who could sort of spearhead it and who could write it out of us three. And let's say for the sake of argument, Jonesy was like, "I'm super enthusiastic about this. I'm going to do loads of them." And we did ten, and it was like, Jonesy, we've looked back on it like. Every video is just you saying you really agree with this pe- with this person who you see the world the same way as, and really disagree with these people you don't see. And so it ends up being like ten videos of like, hey, it turns out once again, Skillup and I agree on this one. Um, <laughs> I like, saw exactly, as we said it. I thought the same, I thought the exact thing, which is the problem of those would be we never agree. <laughs> like you, that's like, also true. Yeah, they'd have a uh, game come what, out. Uh, what if it was review reviews where we we all write we all review a game. But that that's not what gets published. We hand our review around ah. to one of the other people in this group. The person that receives it reviews that review, and that's what we publish. Well, I love it. This is this is this is <laughs> workshopping here. We're, we're, you, we're, we're building out a product. I love it. What what about okay? Like what Jamie said, but we do it. We that is the video, right? So it's almost like a angel and demon, like heaven and hell kind of thing, where you have the person who's in the person who's most into it and the person who's least into it. You almost do a a pros and cons, like love hate review where it has two opposite sides and one person is, I guess, the arbiter to decide which way it goes. So if you, let's say they had a new Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. So you've got Chris is there saying, oh, look, it's the best game ever made and isn't the open world so lush and green. And then there's me going, oh, it's fucking grass. I I reckon Breath of the Wild 2 is not going to be all that. I'm just going to put that out there now. Well, funny funny that you should say this though, Jonesy, because weren't we considering developing a strand on ATG about this very thing? that was before ATG. I remember being sat in an office in central London when all time the closest thing to all time gaming was ham and cheese gaming, <laughs> and talking about they we were going to dress it up as a sort of like a courtroom procedure yeah. with a with a defense right. and um, a prosecution and, and a then judge. The would be a judge, yeah, yeah, yes. But no, yeah, do, that yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. that was one of the first ideas we ever had. And then for the second gaming. idea, do you guys remember? Wheel of fish. Wheel, Wheel of, of fish. fish. <laughs> yeah. You wait now. In the comments, everyone is crying out for Wheel of Fish. Oh, They're like, "What the hell is that?" We want I was gonna, I was gonna mention this to you guys like, I, again. I d- don't ask me what this means. I don't know, but I thought of you both the other day. Mm, where you know you how Hotline Pammy became a thing that we <laughs> oh, said at yeah, once, and we yeah. didn't know what it was, but we kept coming back around. It, it almost emblematic, like it stood for something. We didn't know what it meant, but it yeah. kind of meant something. The other day, I was talking to my friend, and I kept making the same typo and typing out Kane and lunch. <laughs> and I was thinking that I could be Kane and one. lunch. Hold on, hold Kane on, hold lunch. on. Yeah. This writes itself, right? We need a new channel. We need to rename the channel Ham and Cheese Gaming, and then we need food puns around every game that comes out. Hotline Miami, Kane and Lunch. I can't think of yeah, anymore. Go on. Shadow of the yeah. Colossal Sausage. What was that? <laughs> Colossal shadow, 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 shadow of the Colossal Sausage. That's shadow terrible. That's really shocking. Oh, uh, Cod yet. of War. Cod of War. Cod yeah. of War. Yep. Bio Chocolat. <laughs> that's the best one. Yeah, starring, right. starring, really starring Johnny Depp. Bio Chocolat. That's Bio really good. Chocolat. I like it. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if any of those sound cool, let us know in the comments down below, and we'll um, feign trying to do them and never get around to it and just continue on. Oh, on that, <laughs> if we did reviews like how um, you know, like so, you do Bio Chocolat and then you do the review for whatever and then but then you do it in the style of what's the what's the the chef's name who does the she does like the Ainsley Harry voice not that one oh Nigella like yeah. Nigella Lawson who kind of does it all a bit sexy if you do reviews like that talking about the food 
but the game that's not food if you know what i mean look at link's anus oh um yeah. I, I, I think if we if we yeah, had to do my it, favorite I'd, Nigella be, quote. I'd be keen to go with the, the courtroom drama kind of way. Bread of the I, wild. What, what of the what? Bread, Bread of the wild. Bread, Bread of the wild. Halfway there. Um, <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Five Sky Rum and Coke. Sky Rum and Coke. Sky Rum and Coke. I like Decent. It. But no, I I think I'd, I think I'd like to do the kind of courtroom thing that that appeals to me. That kind of like. You could call a devil's advocate, wouldn't you? Go that way. Yeah. Or you, or you could make it like an Ace Attorney pun. Well, I think that was that was what we're going to do. We're going to have like whole things where we'd record ourselves on green screen, going like objection. Yeah. <laughs> Overruled. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep keep cut keep occasionally cut into um, uh, things of like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Just oh, like cut some of those yeah. things in. A mega pint of wine. Um, <laughs> Remember well, that time the Colossus what stepped on the beach? parties? I like Equilibrium. Fucking, it's on there. Uh, oh, um, yeah. That'd weekend be at Bernie's. Come yeah. on. There's a person um, who I, I kind of semi-follow on Twitch like every now and then who does the, like, a, watches a movie like every now and then and just, like, did a, um, like, using Twitch's Amazon Prime kind of, like, yeah, link. Yeah. Did, just did a watch along of Heat the other night. I was like, what a great That's idea. Cool. Imagine hanging out with your Twitch community and just watching Heat together. Mate, like, we could do, like we spoke about last week, like, we could do all the fucking Michael Mann things, like uh, Collateral, um, Miami Heat. Do you know Miami, what would be cool? Miami, Miami Vice. Miami, Miami Vice. Do you know what would be cool is going through the Michael Mann like back catalogue as watchalongs and then recording a split three ways audiobook of Michael Mann's <laughs> Heat 2, the novel. Yeah. But when we record it, we got to record on like first gen digital cameras. Yeah, big time. Get that, yeah. you know, that texture, that feel. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do something like that. Like I know Nextlander do stuff like that. They do like... I think they're doing like a like a watch along of like seasons of like um I don't know fucking Star Trek Deep Space Nine or some other fucking nerdy shit like that. Oh nice. Giant series Bob is a good idea to do series because obviously they're shorter and you can do them weekly or whatever. It, it's such an easy win, yeah. Giant Bomb used to do watch longs of like gaming relevant things so they because <clears throat> they had the GameSpot archives so they do like a watch along of like E3 2005 when the PS3 is announced and you're like oh this is you know this is Kaz, uh, Kaz here I going red racer, <laughs> like, but it's like you you're actually watching the context. Yeah, or like yeah. giant, what's it? Giant enemy crab, all that kind of stuff, like from that weird. But like, I, I think what works for them though is they're able to relate back to the stories. Like, oh yeah, I was here and we did yeah, this and we went to this place. We did. Yeah. Like, we could only you guys could do that for an E three. And I can do it for, and you can both do it for the <laughs> one games. Common, one I can do it for a games. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, nah. yeah, yeah. I remember sitting on my couch in my underwear watching this E3 because it was in the middle of the night. Oh, I, can, I, I can. Uh, I've got a, a funny anecdote about waking Jamie up and he unexpectedly uh, yeah? asking him what we were going to eat for did, dinner. Did you put the pork pie in his mouth? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Just the I am the pork pie. Missed opportunity. Self in. Okay. I know, right. <laughs> Slathered myself up in the lube and climbed on in. <laughs> wow. Well, this has got so weird, man. I was just having a nap. <laughs> All right. What, what was it, Jonesy? <laughs> what was what? Were you, your funny anecdote. That was the anecdote. Well, the, 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 ane the anecdote was I fell, as, no, I fell asleep I, I, uh, in America. Uh, yeah, Jamie falling asleep in America and That's then being rude, rudely awoken. That was the old, That was the anecdote. That's what I, I can't. There was literally that, that week 
was it was so intense and uh, horrendous. That's the best I can do from funny anecdotes. Wow. Just I was thinking about that. Like it, it was fucking mental. I know, Jonesy, you you had sent through like a, a a video that you'd found on your phone. You'd be like, oh, here's a golden oldie. And I was just thinking about like how mental it is that of, of all the pre-production that we did, and and to be fair, we had a short amount of time to do it in. But I, I thought we did a pretty good job in prepping ourselves to go there. But then when you guys were there, how it just like all fell apart. It's just kind of me- it's it's mad to think back on. Best laid plans. Yeah. It's, also, it's like, because we've never done anything that, on that scale that, before. Yeah, but who would have thought that, like, California, of all places, would have pretty much the world's worst internet? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least between that Airbnb and that hotel, it was not good. Um, <laughs> unless you jacked an Ethernet cable out of one of the hotel PCs and put it in your own PC, which <laughs> turned out to be the only solution. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. worked pretty well, actually. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think it's one of those things that, like, and we can attest to this through the recording and the editing of this very podcast, is that no matter what you're doing and what scale you're doing it on and where you're doing it and how familiar with it that you are, um, there's room for things to kind of cascade wildly out of control. And like we know, look at the recording of this podcast, right? We know it can either be done by 10 p.m. or it can not have started by 10 p.m. And you look at the editing and it can be live at 7 p.m. or it could not have started editing by 7 p.m. Yeah. And like this is something that we've done. Uh, one at least one of us has done every week for two and a half years. So if you ask me, like, am I that surprised with hindsight that our like very, you know, detailed if slightly ambitious plans for recording and editing on site every like multiple videos a day every day from an Airbnb <laughs> in California, like fell fell on the, in on themselves like a house of cards? It doesn't surprise me as much with hindsight. But then <laughs> hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. It's it's funny actually talking about sort of like doing that that sort of stuff because obviously Gamescom is coming up um, end of this month and I found Gamescom where it was just Jamie and I like eminently less stressful uh, to like film and do stuff for obviously it's not as not as big and weren't doing as much stuff but well, you weren't we doing nearly film, like, as much uh, as much stuff as no, 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 no it was like daily because, videos man but my, Gamescom my was, was like just be film the vlog. And my point was going to be that we we just we because we planned to do stuff that was manageable. Whereas I think with E three, we massively overplanned to do so much content that it was like uh, true. So I think it is all about as you were saying. It's all about that planning. It's all about yeah. saying like. But if if E three hadn't have happened, it. we wouldn't have had that foresight going into Gamescom to say Very hold true. on a second, <laughs> let's just do one thing and just try and do it well. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the, the, sure. the key the key thing for like the Gamescom round two, like Gamescom twenty nineteen, after E three was like. Um, like we're not editing. We're, like no one's yeah. no one's editing while we're out there, and like, that was one thing we learned. And um, uh, and it, that was like one example of something we can point to that was immediately the right choice. Does it inhibit your ability to kind of like get stuff out quickly? Like yes, massively. It means you can't produce anything like on the day as you've yeah. seen something, and you have to rethink content around that stuff. But the reality was, no one was going to be able to work effectively or efficiently based on the equipment we'd have been able to bring with us and the setup we'd have been able to create, the environment we'd have been able to create. Like, imagine one of those days at Gamescom where, like, Chris, one of you, me, or Steph, would have had to stay behind and sit at a, you know, sit at a laptop that was chugging along, you know. And even Premiere, like, we're all very blessed as editors to work on some of the setups we've worked on, whether it comes to the number of monitors or the size of the monitors. Like, adjusting to a laptop sometimes can be very difficult, even when it's just your workspace and where you play stuff and how yeah. much room you've got to play around with. Like, And that can throw off your game, which is a big deal in a flow-based art. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not nicely for said. For sure. Um, yeah. And instead, we just got like Domino's pizza and sat on the couch and watched Welcome to the Jungle in the evening. <laughs> not, and, and half of Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Half of Don't Be a Menace to South Central. And um, Step Brothers. Great, great, great. Fellas, we need to do watch parties, is all I'm saying. That, you're not wrong. Yeah, Movies but, are good. But look, if we're not doing watch parties, okay, we're playing games, hopefully. And uh, I want to know what you guys have been playing recently. So let's go, AJ. Um, uh, I, no, I need a bit first? more energy than that, mate. Come on. I was trying to think if I was going to game first or film first because I've basically been playing one game and watched one movie. And I was going to say, because we were just talking about movies, maybe that's a better place to start. Mm. So I will start there. Because uh, this week, Prey came out onto Disney Ooh. Plus, the new Predator uh, movie set. So originally when I first saw it, I thought it was set in, um, you know, like a long time ago. I thought it was set quite, you know, back. But it's, I think it's set in the 1700s. Um, and it's set in, uh, I'm going to say North America. I'm not exactly sure where. But it's when like the French... Comanches. Yes. And it's where the French... Um, are like try, uh, moving into that area of America and are trying to, you know, like take over all the land. And then you've got the natives people who are there trying to like, not, the film's not about them fighting, but they sort of do bump into each other. And then a predator rocks up. Um, loved it. Thought it was a really good movie. Thought the uh, main uh, main character was very good. The other, uh, her like, the actor who plays her brother and stuff, really like that character. Thought the way that they framed everything was really nice. Um, definitely something you should check out if you got Disney Plus. It is a no-brainer. If you don't have Disney Plus, try and get it another way. I don't know when wink, it goes wink. to sale, when it's going to be on anything else. Wink, wink. No, do it legit. Do it legit. I'm not <laughs> saying like be dodgy, but um, it was a real return to uh, like the original Predator. It it even has like it actually did a really good job of almost homaging to the original Predator without doing it explicitly. Yeah, and you whereas some films kind of. We talk about like Maverick um, did it in a way that was very on the nose, but was the right side of on the nose. It was mm. good. Um, this does it even more sort of detached. Mm. You wouldn't, you could be forgiven for even knowing that it's not referencing the stuff that's happened in the previous Predator thing, uh, Predator films. Um, oh, so when yeah. the Comanches are running and she shouts, "Get to the chopper!" Like you talk about that <laughs> yeah. that scene in Classic. particular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd never know that. And they look at her like chopper, and there's an axe, and it's like, oh yeah, the chopper. Yeah, the chopper. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, there's just some really, I, and I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was very cool. It was a because um, it, it was it didn't feel like they were sort of just going, hey, let's just go back to Predator One and basically just redo that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. But it they they've done something completely new, but still very familiar. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it was very good. So what, do you know what? It's one that I might even watch again, just so that in case I missed mm. anything. Yeah, I, I want to watch it. Like, I really do. Me like, too. I, I always loved Predator as a kind of concept. The first film is obviously amazing, even to this day. Um, and, you know, like, the, the various missteps of each and every single Predator film since the first one. Sure. Um, there's some fun to be had in some of them. But yeah, this just looks like it's just a novel concept. I feel, and yeah. uh, the yeah. director Dan Trachtenberg, whose previous film was Ten Cloverfield Lane, is mm. a seriously underrated film. That is a, That's good, a cool film. movie. It's yeah, a good I, movie. I enjoyed it. Good movie. Yeah. Another another film that took like a potentially uh, an increasingly troubled franchise and thought here's a spin. Yeah, right. If you think like in Clo- don't get me wrong, Cloverfield not storied as Predator, but yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. It's basically the only good film to have the Cloverfield word attached to it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I liked Cloverfield, funnily enough. I thought that was decent. But Cloverfield was oh, decent. I know so many I think the marketing was what made it, though. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's definitely the marketing. But, but um, I do think I, I do think what they've done with this was interesting because they've gone back, like, yeah, like I said, they've gone right back to the original. So Predator and Alien, I think, are kind of similar in that the first movies are actually pretty different from everything else that followed. Yeah. And it's nice to see Predator back in that environment. Like, I, I didn't like the Alien versus Predator films. Oh, they were trash. I quite liked the most recent Predator. I think, was it just called Predator? The uh, Predator. The oh, Predator. The Predator. Yeah, the, that, there was The Predator, which was the one that was actually somehow written and directed by Shane Black. Yeah, um, right. I can't remember any of the cast. Um, and then the one before that was Predators, which had yeah. Adrian Brody. Adrian I, I Brody. liked Predators. Yeah. I thought it was it was decent. It's not it's actually, yeah, it's not that bad. That's one of those ones that you reflect on, like, you know what, they could have done a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. did, yeah, eventually. Sure. But, but it's almost like Predator 1 and then all the other films, but now Prey is kind of like edging back up there. Some but people what's funny a is big soft spot they, for the second, right? Mm, yeah, but but you see, the second one was Nostalgia. so fucking weird because it was it was in the city and there was just like this weird fucking gang it shit was very in Los different. Angeles. And it was just kind of a little bit weird. And that is the film that started the whole... Aliens versus Predator thing. This was an Easter egg. Why oh, was it? I didn't yeah. know. At the, was en- at the to end do of the film, um, fucking. Oh, because it has an alien skull in the yeah, ship. Is that in the that? ship? Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Oh, so that was the Easter egg, and that birthed the Alien versus Predator kind of. Because Predator could theme. have gone the way Aliens went, where they started to do all the crazy shit with. Um, uh, Alien Covenant and Prometheus and all of, they could have got, got into like the lore and all of that sort of stuff but I, I much prefer what Prey does where it says like no shit off all of that yeah. we're going right back to keep it basic predators come to earth to hunt humans um, yeah and that's I, and I, that's I what it. that's what you need sometimes you don't need to fucking add in all this fucking complexity it just needs to be simple it does and Predator's such a goddamn cool character it's nice to just see them use it in a cool way um, and have fun with it. I, I, I would actually, I'd be well up for a prey too. Like, obviously not yet. It's a bit soon. But um, <laughs> if they maybe did something else, I heard, I heard they've, they've greenlit a, a Predator TV series. Uh, oh, that sounds grim. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, but okay, the one next thing I have to talk about, I forgot to talk about next week, so I'm definitely have to talk about this week. You mean the past um, week? And that is last week. Sorry, that is Path of Titans, which is a uh, MMO RPG game where uh, you play as a dinosaur um, oh yeah that we were lucky enough to get a code for um and i've been playing quite a lot of it with my absolutely dinosaur obsessed son who um has yeah like every day has been like can we play more of Path of titans um because he knows every <laughs> dinosaur known to man and he'll be like i do you know what? i actually dropped some i dropped some money on it to unlock an extra dino pack nice decent. because um because my son was like I really want to be the. Was it a spy? He really wants to be a Spinosaurus. I want to be a Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus. Yeah, Spinosaurus, like, the one with the fin. Yeah, which was um, oh. actually was it was a cool pack of dinosaurs to unlock because it was so the so the game is it, it does feel a bit Ark Survival Evolved, but they only in the only way is the, like the vegetation and the dinosaurs. Everything else is very different. Yeah, but um, you play as dinosaur, not as a caveman. Role playing exactly. Exactly, you're role playing as a dinosaur, um, and if you play online, you effectively start off as a hatchling. Uh, you run through a bit of a tutorial. Um, do you select what then... dinosaur you can be? Like, do they have like a bunch of like core dinosaurs? 
Oh, so exactly. So I'm. So they st- they have a core list, um, and then you can buy packs of dinosaurs outside of that. And also, there's a lot of talk on the uh, about modding and stuff, and bringing other animals and aliens and dragons and things into it for mods down the line. Um, but yeah, so like I said, so my my son wanted to be a Spinosaurus because that wasn't in the starting pack. Um, so we downloaded that, and then he wanted to play as a Spinosaurus. So you start off as a little itty bitty hatchling Spinosaurus trying to like survive and not get chomped by the bigger dinosaurs and you sort of do missions and run through the woods and do things and you uh, level up and as you level up and get xp you grow and the idea is you end up being you know fully formed spino t-rex uh dinonychus whatever you want um and it's cool like i like the concept i thought the concept was really strong the way that they've done it is very cool the animations and stuff and the controls are all fine you can um you can go in and customize dinosaurs with like skin and skin color and uh, patterns and all this sort of shit. And you can even do whether they've got, um, you know, different perks and different buffs in certain areas. All of that, you know, pretty standard fare for the sort of game it is. Yeah, yeah. The one area that I think was the biggest letdown for, or two areas I'd say the biggest letdown for me, one was the mission type. Um, if you want to go in and when you're really small, you want to just complete missions, a lot of them are kind of repetitive and a bit dull. It'll be like, collect 50 lychees in this certain area of the map. And the map is fucking huge. <laughs> a lot of it is stamina management. Oh, so right, okay. If you're, um, if you're a herbivore, you've got a shit ton of stamina, but you're not that quick. So you can run for a long time and it'll be like, you need to get to this area within half an hour and you need that time. Because the map is so big that you'll be running for twenty minutes. Just the can't you can't you just get like air support like a pterodactyl comes and picks you up and you, so you can if you play with friends or actually other people you can be summoned to certain points in the map but they're few and far between and also normally if you get summoned somewhere you're just going to get summoned by someone who wants to eat you <laughs> so don't so don't do Great. it basically. Um, oh, okay, fair enough. So there's a lot of running and resting and running and resting and running and doing missions where you've got to collect up shit off the floor. When you get to fight other dinosaurs or interact with other people, that's quite cool. Like you can, I bumped into a pack of like Tyrannosaurus rexes where one was fully grown and others were small and I was like a mid-sized spino. And you do do a bit of like, what is it, rust, where you kind of be like, are you going to fucking bite me? If you're going to bite me, I'm going to bite you. Don't you bite me because if you bite me... And you friendly? That's, you friend, that's what dinosaurs say to each other. All friendly. The time. Yeah, exactly. friendly, friendly. You, you, you can roar. You got a mic. You got a mic, mate. <laughs> so they've got a roar button, which is like on a circle on the PlayStation. Is like roar. So you can, when you get near them, just like roar at them, and then they're like roaring at you. And you've got uh, emotes <laughs> and things where you can do different kinds of roars, which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, so the mission stuff is kind nice. of repetitive. So as, as your Spinosaurus, you could just do some flossing. Just say like as back off. Seat, this is a good point. As a as a uh, spino, you're a water dwelling dinosaur. So yeah. if you get into a lake, you can actually go underwater and you can swim around. You can eat fish and shit. As the other dinosaurs, you can swim in water, but it depends on what type you are as to how long you can go in it. And if you're not a water based, you can't go under the water. So if a T Rex comes in to try and get you in the water, if you're a spino, you can swim under. T Rex can't go under. He can just swim across the top. So you can nibble his feet off if you really want mm. to. Nice. I like, um, like in to Oblivion, when you play as um, what, what's the oh, lizard like? Argonian, yeah, and you just hide from the uh, the guards by that's, just... That's my main, bro. I'm always an Argonian <laughs> in the fucking Argonian. Exactly. You can't get because, poisoned either. Yeah, you can't get any diseases, and you can breathe underwater. Amazing. I, so I, I think Path of Titans is a cool game if you like dinosaurs, and I think the mods is where it's going to live or die. Yeah, but you because... see, when you when you said shit like, oh, aliens and monsters and shit, that, that's where I'm kind of like, I'm out. I want, I want a pure dino experience if I'm into it. No, but see, one of the... That you, I think if you had, like, dragons, for example... 
if you can fly and you're a dragon with a massive map, you could actually have some game types that um, fit that giant map are more fun um, and they could introduce some mission variation that's actually a bit more dynamic because collecting but shit it, constantly is kind of boring. But it takes a long time. It would only work in, in a dragon-based server because as soon as you pop a dragon in there, they just decimate everyone else because they can breathe fire. It would have to be specific. Yeah, it yeah. would have to be. Or, or maybe dragons and something else. I don't know. Like, I could, you know what I can imagine? Like cowboys and aliens. Yes, I can imagine mods where you've got like dragons versus something and and you sort of join a team. Like team-based oh, stuff would be better. I fucking guaranteed someone's going to fucking mod Pokemon into it. Oh, my Charizard. <laughs> that would be quite cool. But yeah, it's gets sued, <laughs> but you know. Um. But no, I liked it. My my, like I said, my son's dinosaur crazy, and he was he's been loving it. and playing a decent nice. amount of it. It just needs some more variation as well, and not so, to be so fucking big. So you know, my my, so my son's big. also really into dinosaurs, and, and you know, like you always just fucking name a million fucking dinosaurs. And I, I so I've, I've had dinosaurs on my mind for a, a decent while now, like more than I probably should have. Although, <laughs> is there ever enough? Because dinosaurs are fucking cool, regardless of your age. And I was just thinking, like. It, it, it's such a foreign fucking thing. Obviously, we've we've got films and and uh, theorized about everything, but I would fucking love and be equal measure, measure terrified to just travel back in time just to see what a particular patch of the Earth would be with fucking dinosaurs and nothing else. The problem there is, of course, like as soon as you get out of the time machine, you probably get attacked by a million diseases let alone any fucking yeah, dinosaur. And the thing is, you might not even see any dinosaurs before you die of your disease, you know? I'd do, I'd do it. If you if you could do it safely... <clears throat> yeah, if you could go in a pod and the pod is like hermetic sealed the, or whatever. What's the sphere? What's the sphere from Jurassic, Jurassic World? Uh, the gyrospheres, where they... You know, if you had one of them, this was like unbreachable. Oh, Man, I, would, I would... I would... I think that would be my... Like, if anyone it, says you could go to any point in history, I think really? that would be that would be my, my, my jam. Sure. I think you'd be. I think we'd all be a bit let down because I don't think they'd look like they are in Jurassic Park. But, but this is what yeah. I, I just think it would be fascinating anyway. Like, what color are they? Do they have fucking feathers everywhere? Like, what, I, I, how dense is it? Is it just because in my head it's like you've got fucking fucking Diplodocus over there any t- in, in the fucking forests, and then you've got like Velociraptors <clears> running <throat> by, and then the T Rex comes stomping by, and then there's a herd of fucking uh, <laughs> Triceratops running about, and then the fucking Therizinosaurus comes out with his fucking nails, and it's just like, it's, it's a mental yeah, but image, like, but the truth of it is probably like, oh, there's a Gallimimus. Yeah, but what a waste of a trip that would be. Like, imagine Chris is, like, nominated to be the one person who can go back in time to any point he wants, and he comes back, and they're like, so what did you learn, Chris? He's like, God, it turns out dinosaurs didn't live as close to each other as we thought to. Just a lot of, uh, <laughs> saw one. Yeah, saw, saw one and came back. Whereas, like, the alternative is, like, yeah, you could have gone back to witness like Jesus perform a miracle yeah, yeah. and, like, see what, what, what did he do? Was he just a magician? Nothing. Was he just a magician? Yeah, okay, but uh, then, like, how... Like, yeah, you. but you, there are, I think there are more interesting blanks in the tale of human and prior to human I, I think uh, you'd have the same that... problem. And ironically, I think you'd have the same problem. If you went back to Jesus' times and you saw Jesus, it would be, you'd think he's walking along doing magic shit, like left and right and bringing people back from the dead and lightning bolts. And in reality, it would be some bloke just walking down the street yeah. and going, you right? All right, then what about if you go back in time to when like the Gospels were writing that stuff and just like asking, Watch a man like, write a book. Where, you, where are you getting it from? Huh? Not, how, you'd use your one trip to go back in time to say to a fella, where'd you get that from? 
Yeah. And then I'd say, look over there, and I'd scribble in, Jamie was here. And, and then that would be in the Bible forever. Oh, where would I go back in time? If I could go back to one. Mm. I, I, like, oh, I, I if it, the, the top two have got to be kind of like, um, whatever your religion is, the kind of like apex of that religion, or dinosaurs. Surely those are the like top two. I'm going to resort to Google so we get some ideas. I'd, do you know what? I, I would think it'd be cool be something like, um, would be going back not that long ago, but to like... Oh, uh, fall of the Berlin Wall? That'd be a party and a half. Like when, when the Brits were trying to, um, when they had, uh, when they were getting fucked up by the Americans, like um, Assassin's Creed 3 era, that would be interesting. Pirates, yeah. that's a, when was that? Uh, like Pirates era where you were, they were going around on ships yeah. in the Caribbean. That'd be an interesting era. With some like people 1800s. online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking about um, like the, the swing in 60s and like the sexual liberation era, like prior to the uh, uh, AIDS and stuff like that. That's just people like, who can't. That's just people who can't get laid. Who want to go somewhere they think they could. <laughs> it's just a bunch of incels. <laughs> go going back to the morning of nine eleven and trying to pull as many fire alarms as you could in the World Trade Center. Yeah. That's that's a that's an altruistic that, thing. Yeah, that's a that's a one noble trip. one. I'd still rather see dinosaurs. I if I had to go back to a period and live in it, <laughs> I'd go back. I think I'd go live in the eighties. Do you reckon? I reckon that'd be fun. I mean, we grew up in the eighties, dude. It's like. Yeah, but I was a, I was a young kid. But I want to be like I vaguely remember wearing a shell suit on a skiing trip. I want like a I want like a think, shell suit all the time with a big hair and all that shit. I think that's a cool answer if you couldn't come back. Yeah, if, if it was a one way back. time, one way. No, yeah, I'm saying, no, I'm saying if it's a one way oh, ticket, yeah, totally. then the eighties like, and nineties. One way like. ticket to fucking the Triassic period or the Cretaceous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting you would, but I'm just saying that's where Jonesy's answer answer becomes more relevant. Yeah. I, I don't think dinosaurs are as big as we think they were. I mean, I feel we like we're discovering bones. that all the time, right? It's like my spicy. We literally have the bones. What we we don't. We literally don't have the bones. I, I went to a museum and they put all the bones next to each other to make a big thing in the yeah. stands in the middle. Di- Diplo- not, Diplodocus in, in, but the, not, in the Natural not, History Museum. But they're not bones. They're that's fossil. Jesus, here we go. Here we go. No, why, no why, Chris, why, Chris, why Chris, you make Chris them so what I played this week. Ask no, what I played this week. You know, but bones are like minerals, right? Then it's like a, it's a, it's like a. What do you call it? It's like the bones leave an imprint in the in the rock or whatever, and then the and then the, the space gets filled up with minerals over time. So you effectively get like a cast of where the bones were, and that's what a fossil is. So it's actually rock which is uh, which has been left by sediment by water, whatever. Don't so what kidding. I'm saying, what I'm one, what I wonder is, this is my it's my tinfoil hat for the day. Over that length of time, sixty-five million years. Somehow those those casts expand and get bigger. So over, so we think the Diplodocus was massive, but actually it was like this big. What it's about though? Time. What about what about when they excavate the fossils and leave them in the ground, and you have the kind of the cross section, like because the the like even if the things expand, the distance they are relative to one another can't change unless they were moving each other, which doesn't happen. Yeah, it would have, it's the, the, it's the, you're right. It's the gaps between them would get squished up, wouldn't they? If they expanded, they'd get so, smushed together. So, Jonesy, it's a good point. It's a good point. Fossilized, fossilized bones were bones that were turned to stone, not that they are stone, or no, not so that the they are bones, an imprint so the, of a bone. It's not stone. They not were stone, the, the bone that was then fucking calcified or whatever that turned into stone. 
Yeah, but the bone's gone. The min it's the minerals which like which then fill the space where the bone sure, was. Sure, but that fossil so would it's like, have existed so it's like if it wasn't a bone. No, no, agreed. So it was a bone okay. originally. So therefore now we have an imprint of their bones, which means we have an imprint of how big things were. Yeah, so it's, that's what I said. It's like a cast. But then I said, imagine if the cast over time somehow gets bigger because it, whatever, geological movements or whatever. But as Jamie said, if that happened, then they probably all smushed together and it wouldn't really work. So maybe not. I just don't buy there was something as big as a fucking Argentinosaurus knocking around. <laughs> How the hell did it get that big? I mean, there are definitely probably still things about dinosaurs we're going to like have to correct in the future. Like, especially oh, well, with regards thing, to... Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like what they look like beyond yeah. their bones and their, their, their skeletal structures. Like we're going to have to readdress that stuff plenty, I'm sure, in the future. Yeah, you say Which, that, but then you look at like living fossils like... Um, crocodiles or whatever. Crocodiles, Komodo dragons. Like we have a blueprint for what it could be. And then you also no, say, they're, 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 I was more thinking about the feather they're, thing. They're, they're like, there'll be more. Yeah, because they're not dinosaurs. theropods. Because theropods are walk on two legs. And the closest thing to theropods are birds, which have feathers. Birds, yeah. But, yeah. Although some dinosaurs probably did have feathers, right? Like velociraptors. Did you, oh, did you see so, that yeah. they, they genetically engineered, I think it was a chicken, to uh, so that it grew legs? Like they a, give it dino DNA. Legs, legs. No, no, sorry, but like dinosaur <laughs> legs. They yeah, they gave so it recently. They, they, they injected it with dino DNA. <laughs> with the frog. Yeah. Yeah. With the frog. Dino DNA. <laughs> but only females. Yeah. But hey, life finds a way. Uh, Lift up their skirts. The, all right. You, you know what else finds a way? Jamie, <laughs> to a game. I don't have yeah. to move you on yet. It's, like, yeah. it's been a fun diversion. But yeah, Jamie, what have you been playing? Um, do you know what my favorite French breakfast is? French toast. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pan au Chocolat. Wow, get it? It Big. doesn't work quite as well because they pronounce it. It doesn't rhyme. But it's a full-on pronunciation change, but the spelling's identical. Big stretch, but I'll, I'll let you have it. Oh, Phantom yeah. Pain. Uh, what? Yeah, kind no, of, uh, yeah. What this one? I don't know. I'm still kind of ticking along with uh, some of the things I've been playing recently. Like I've almost finished Ghostwire, and I'm playing a lot of Rogue Legacy. And I might have sent you earlier, Chris. I'm tempted to jump on Cult of the Lamb should sort of time and funds free themselves up. Mm-hmm. But um. I, I was just watching a streamer play MGS5 and I kind of had one of those moments where I was like, I, I, I never replayed that game. And seven years is actually quite a long time to not wow. touch something seven that... Years, um, yeah, crazy, right? I mean, and something I love so Metal much. Survive, like the latest. <laughs> you feel <laughs> God, I watched a video about Metal Gear Survive the other day and I was like, God, I've almost forgotten this game happened. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was better, life was better off that way. Wow, um, no, I just got I just got a sudden urge because I, I was watching someone else play it and I thought, God, this game is cool. Um, <laughs> and I, I went and did exactly that. I, uh, I never played the PC version, so it was nice to be able to play it uh, 1440p and it's um, higher frame rates. Um, I it, it was I think it's a, on is it Fanatical or somewhere like that where it's on sale at the moment for like four pounds ninety nine. Oh, right, so yeah, it's yeah. Um, with with with. Um, Ground Zeroes and all the DLC, so I was like, that's a reasonable deal for a game that like I just want to play a PC port of. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, f- guess what? It's still really good. Um, I still feel similarly to how I felt about it at the time, which is that it's super interesting to see uh, Hideo Kojima and his team look at the way that um, stealth and, and particularly open world uh, stealth changed in the years following they kind of the, the years following the early Metal Gear Solid games, which brought that genre forward so much and so quickly it's interesting seeing 
him and his team seemingly look at like the far cries of the world and say, what does our version of that look like? And the answer being so damn good. And it is still kind of in a field of its own. But the other thing that and that I realized and the reason I kind of wanted to brought it up is just an interesting thought um, that I thought I'd share rather than kind of do anything more elaborate with, which is that as someone who has now played the first 68 hours of both Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid Five within a couple of weeks of each other, you get the feeling playing them both so close together that obviously Kojima is the consistent um, thread there and, and yeah. you can get a sense of that in the way that the narrative is structured and his approach to characters and uh, to writing dialogue especially at least in terms of the way it gets translated into English for better or for worse but I'd be fascinated to look at the credits and see which core members of the team the Kojima Productions team were consistent between the two because they both have this almost identical structure which is that we're going to hit you really hard over the head in the first couple of hours with linear missions um, and large amounts of cutscenes and lots of story and lots of exposition, lots of setup, lots of premise. We're going to give you these almost frustrating early missions that kind of give you a glimpse and a tease of what the game is about, but don't give you the tool set to feel like you're really able to take advantage of it. Like in Death Stranding, we talked about how it's transporting a body and you're losing balance every three seconds and it's the most arduous journey. Um, in Metal Gear Solid Five, like I'm reminded, it's like... Um, you can't. Uh, you, you you don't have the mother base set up yet, so you can't check the grades of soldiers, and you can't falter them out. And you have um, all your weapons have suppressors that have durability, so your press suppressors fucking run out. And like you have to uh, to not be out in one shot, it has to be a headshot within a certain range. And like uh, you know, you only have D horse who can't really do anything. And like both Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid Five are these things where it's like here's the most sort of primitive and annoying version of a really cool game design loop that we're just going to make better and better and better and better and better by making it easier and easier and giving you more and more tools. And then as soon as the ramp of difficulty starts to get too high, we're going to change the environment and the ways in which you're doing things and match that with it. Yeah. So with Death Running, it's like all of a sudden I've got all these weapons and I've got shoes that don't the durability goes down in a fraction of the speed and I've got this exoskeleton that means I never lose balance and I'm running up hills and all of a sudden it's like, bang, you're in the Alps, basically, like in the snow everywhere <laughs> and everything you've learned is useless. And Metal Gear Solid Five kind of does the same where like it will just throw things at you like, now you're fighting child soldiers and you're not allowed to kill them. Or there's literally things in Metal Gear Solid Five where it's like, you've killed so many people with headshots that the enemies have started wearing helmets and one <laughs> headshot won't kill them anymore. Um, but at the same time you've got quiet and now quiet is at maximum relationship level and she can kill people on command and she's actually got a silenced tranquilizer sniper so you can still extract people and it's like this fascinating thing of the two lines between player ability and uh, difficulty staying perfectly in sync and that's why I think both of those games have such a fascinating driving force behind them that meant the 60 hours in both cases went by like that first time round yeah. And yet my drive to replay them and start from zero was always somewhat lacking. Um and like that. that's yeah. it's it's a weird thing. Um but is it, it, but it's it, also yeah. to say that in a, in about 5 years time you're going to go and uh, replay the entirety of Death Stranding. I mean maybe. Like never say never. What I guess what I'm really saying is that it's very interesting that like there's this idea of could Hideo Kojima as an auteur and him putting his mark and his print on games. And but yet specifically in the case of MGS Five and Death Running, you play them close together, you get the semblance of like actually there's a core game design team, yeah. the people who probably deal with the shit that Kojima doesn't well, care as much about, like upgrade trees that 
uh, like not a, not a, that are extremely tuned into a reward loop that keeps people playing for far but, longer than they perhaps should. That could just be Kojima and his blueprint. It could, of it could what just be Kojima, is. but like if it's not Kojima, then like fair play to them because their job is basically take some extremely long, extremely you know kind of occasionally messy, strenuous, boring, obnoxious, whatever you word you want to use, difficult narratives. And make them engaging. Like imagine being the game design team responsible. Like Kojima comes up to you and says, "I've got a story that takes fifty hours to tell, which means you have to make delivering parcels engaging and entertaining for fifty hours." But <laughs> like that's an uphill challenge, no pun intended. And that's kind of what happened in MGS Five as well, which is yeah. notorious for its lack of story and its lack of cutscenes. It's like I'm making a Far Cry game. You guys have to make it engaging for fifty hours, and they did it. Yeah, and I didn't finish it. So. And they, then they didn't even finish yeah, it. You, so yeah, you that was know, all I was going to say. That was the observation. Is you, you, you've kind of like stumbled on and understood that so nicely and, and related to us so eloquently. So thank you for that. But I'm my mind is blown. How much time you have on your hands? <laughs> like, See, the, I, I'm I'm here just kind of lamenting to myself. Oh. You know, to be able to play two games in in a row, sixty hours back to back, and and have the the time and foresight to think on it and and pick up on those little minutiae, like a fair play to you, dude. I mean, someone's got to do all, it, right? First of all, it's always a trade off. Like, hey, I haven't watched Prey this week because I've done other stuff. Yeah. But the other thing is, and like this will be a fine concept to you guys, but the strange thing that happens when you don't have a wife or kids and so on and so <laughs> forth is that it arrives at five o'clock, six o'clock, you down tools and you realize I've got from now until I go to bed to do whatever the fuck I want. And <laughs> if you don't want to go if you me. don't if you don't want to go to bed until midnight, then you've got six or seven hours. What like and it's like yeah. your only obligation? What like you have to uh, eat dinner at some point? Like I'll, I'll f- be honest, dude. I'm surprised you haven't you haven't jerked yourself skinny. <laughs> I've, I've come to were such a thing possible, I think I'd be in the running. Um, What's the thing? Scary movie where he like blasts her into the ceiling and like and he ends up all like withered away. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. There's a reason I never show my right forearm on in these recordings. It's because like if I put them if I put them both up side by side, you'd be like, what? Wow. Interesting. Um, nice. I, I really want to. I've two games that I really still want to finish, and just I don't think I'm ever going to have time to, which is a sh- shame. But so but I remember, Metal I remember Gear the last game, and Death Stranding, and yeah. Bioshock. The amount of time and, and Cyberpunk. I, but I don't. I don't want to finish Bioshock. <laughs> Scumbag, you're so close to finishing. You did. It's you did finish it. I thought. No, no, no I, I thought you Bioshock. Man, okay, I must have made that up in my head. I will. But does that mean you still someday. don't know the twist of Bioshock? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Isn't it? Uh, I've I have known it in the past, and I've I've made myself right. Forget. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, oh god, we're now stumbling upon two-year-old podcast jokes. That's how <laughs> weary we've got. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I'll. I mean, my catch-up is super quick. I haven't played any games, and it's not going to get any better. My parents are visiting me from South Africa next week for the first time since I've moved to the UK. So that's good. Um, but that means that I'm both not... massive gamers, so they're going to yeah, be taking over gamers. all of Chris's <sighs> console, his laptop, his everything. No, nah, so the thing is, I've I've got to kind of like show them the town and this, that, the other, and do family stuff. So I'm not going to have time to do anything really. And in fact, even this week and 
much of next week is going to be just prepping for their arrival in various ways while chopping vegetables dealing yeah exactly while dealing with work and um you know various other things that life just kind of throws at you but the one thing that i will talk about is i've started watching this show um jamie you pointed it to me pointed out to me on paramount plus because as a sky subscriber i get it for free and um it's a show made by the people that did american vandal on netflix if you don't know that was kind of like a piss take of these like um not murder mystery. What would it? What would it be? True like? crime. True crime kind of dramas that they kind of do it. So American Vandal was basically like American high school students and someone drew dicks all over the school, and it's like, oh, who who drew the dicks? And very <laughs> much a piss take on those kinds of shows. Players is made by the same people, and it's um, the premise is, hey, let's follow an esports team or specifically an esports player who is well past his prime, who is exceedingly talented but never reached the heights that he thinks he should be at and then a new player comes into the team and he's exceptionally talented and the kind of turmoil between them um i've only watched one episode so far but it it looks decent it's very much i think you need to be interested in esports to kind of get it um i don't think like you can be into gaming and kind of be like oh yeah yeah, I, i think you do kind of need to be that have that side of you that's like, hey, I like esports. Um, it follows a League of Legends team, which I'm not into League of Legends, but it's still enjoyable as an esports kind of like enthusiast, enjoyer hmm. of esports. Um, but I was a little bit pissed off about this, uh, fellas. Uh, Jamie knows why, and I, I'll, I'll say it. I don't mind. I, 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 and I'm, I hate to say it because it's kind of like this trope, but effectively, I fucking had this exact idea. Not done in this particular way, like, a mockumentary but i i remember even from like the dawn of atg days i was like i still got the blueprint in my head if we need to do it but it was very much a case of esports. you don't know if someone else has done it well no because they haven't done it in the way that i would do it <laughs> <laughs> right but it's like one of those things like i remember there was god this, this is gonna age me there was an episode of mad about you with paul riser and he lost his wallet and he found his wallet, like his old wallet, like years later. And he goes through, oh my God, I can't believe I found this wallet, blah, blah, blah. And he's looking through it and he picks out a piece of paper and it goes, if movie idea, bus goes over, there's a bomb on the bus. If the bus goes over 60, uh, under 60, it explodes. It's like, ah, well, there you go. I I came up with the idea for speed. So I'm well aware that it's turning into one of those things. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, I remember the dawn of ATG kind of having discussions with higher ups saying where they'd be like, hey, esports is a thing. What can we do around? And I'm like, you know what's not an untapped market on esports is kind of like entertainment around the scene of esports, but that is not esports itself. And I I I am glad that this is just kind of what's happening at the moment and people are kind of focusing on this. Because I do think it's kind of like an untapped, unexplored territory. And I will be okay with it as long as no one kind of takes my particular slant on the fucking idea. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, but yeah, players, check it out. Um, I'd be interested to know if you guys like watch it, how you take it. Cause what's, what's it on? Is it on, you said Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. So if you've got Sky, you get Paramount Plus for free. Um, okay. And it's just a case of like registering and boom, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be I want to yeah. s- 
I, I'm mm. glad. I'm glad that there's more sort of like gaming or gaming adjacent television or just media in general being made. But I didn't get better at watching it because hearing you talk about that made me realize that again that Chris, I think you're the only one of us three that ever watched or ever got round to Mythic Quest. Yeah. Oh, right? Mythic Quest is so good, dude. And the the next is still going. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's yeah. still going. Um, and like that that feels like such an obvious place to start, but like. Oh, I've just realised. Yeah. I did just look up um, Paramount Plus because, you, like you were saying, because I do have Sky, so I'm, yeah. I'll have to jump on there and watch some players. I have just realised though that Strange New Worlds is on there as well, so I might have to oh, check there that. We go. Check that out. Star first Trek. Before I, uh, yeah. Go on, Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, should we jump back on the news then? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. sure. Okay. So earlier we were talking about Sony and Microsoft, and we we're saying, hey, imagine if Sony said god of war day one god of war ragnarok day one is available to like the top tier of playstation plus oh uh, an excuse to print money at that stage but then again they don't necessarily need to do that because just releasing the game at least for playstation owners is an excuse to print money and it's kind of weird because fellas guess what god of war ragnarok is kind of scary no one no one wants to release a game around god of war ragnarok now, it's not unheard of. We haven't kind of seen this before, right? It's like what happened with um, Cyberpunk. No one wanted to release around Cyberpunk. Yeah. There's a bit of uh, that around Red Dead 2, I remember, as well. Yes, Call of yeah, Duty yeah. went early October for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, which is mad, right? When, like, Call of Duty, like the behemoth, kind of says, ah, we'll, we'll move just yeah. to be safe. Uh, but yeah, so God of War Ragnarok is slated to release November 9th, if you are like me and Jamie and believe that, or uh, November 9th, 2025, if you are in the same camp as Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what's this guy's name? Tom Gettys. T- Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim Gettys. Tim Gettys. Why did I say Tom? Um, um, it's the stroke's coming back. Tim Gettys from Kind of Funny Games stated that he's been on calls with industry people who have said that basically they're giving God of War Ragnarok a wide berth. And he said he was shocked at how some unnamed individuals have said, we're pulling out on this, we're backing out of that, and at the end of the year, it's going to be a wash as companies are unscared. Which, you know, it's weird because it's, it's just on PlayStation, fellas. It was a fu- it's a funny clip though because it was like a, obviously he was like chatting to someone about I, I can't remember, I don't know who he was actually chatting to but yeah the way he was saying like it's it shocked him how uh, how afraid people seem to be but I, I suppose it makes sense right if you've got something which is gonna be such a behemoth and you know that it's gonna dominate um, that uh, holiday season that like you know people say and everyone's gonna be talking about it then I suppose it makes it totally makes sense that like you don't want you don't want to do you know you don't want to start a PR campaign you don't want to like necessarily try to kick anything off in a big way that's going to cost you any money or like try and do anything big because it's just going to get consumed by the media around it I, from what he said I, I didn't I don't think he's necessarily saying games that are supposed to be coming out are getting pushed or have been pushed for that specific reason yeah but maybe more that just like things around gaming that might you know companies might have been doing things might have been talking about the games whatever and maybe just giving it a bit of a giving it some breathing space is what is what i kind of took from it yeah like i think it's one of those ones that it makes sense to be wary or cautious and i'm sure plenty of the studios and teams that are developing games slated for q4 will have all the research and data they need to know like what the audience crossover is and just how much of their potential market could be cannibalized by a game like god of war and i'm sure there'll be further data to suggest 
how many people there there are that will be willing to buy two games or play two games in a small amount of time. Um, but I, I think the reality is you kind of hinted this earlier, Chris, when you mentioned Xbox. Like, the, 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 Xbox are a weird case where like they would have nothing to worry about if it was an Xbox it's Xbox exclusive because in theory there's very little competition or cannibalization there. Yeah. But Xbox don't have anything, and I think that's the other kind of elephant in the room when you look at the end of the year. But also when you look at their what there is, there are games that would theoretically. Like would be within their right to be slightly worried about God of War, but seemingly aren't. Like you look at just to look at other third person action games, for example, like where you've got Gotham Knights or you've got Hogwarts Legacy, which we still presume is Q4, or the Callisto Protocol. There are plenty of other, you know, third person action games that will have PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 representation that could theoretically see themselves having the same audience that are like we're gonna take the plunge. There are also mass market games like there are every year, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, that obviously are not going to budge and never would. Yeah. Um, well, so you it, say it, that, it's one of those, they did for Red Dead, right? Well, they'll change their date, but they'll never miss their... So, holiday oh, they, is still quarter. holiday. They won't miss their quarter. Yeah. And so it is one of those ones where, like, and I know Josie said this isn't necessarily about... Uh, games that you can point to and saying look at them they jumped ship but it's not like you can look at q1 at the moment of 2023 and obviously point to games that got out of god of war ragnarok's way i'm just sure it's something that people have got in mind even if it's in the back of their mind like hey maybe don't be in the same week as this which ubisoft right. apparently didn't listen to because skull and bones is coming out the day before god of war ragnarok so. <laughs> i think that's on purpose maybe just fucking because they know it's going to be a flop so they put it out there and they think shit, how can we justify this flop? Oh, I know, put it in front of God of War Ragnarok and then blame God of War Ragnarok that it didn't play. That, that is Ubisoft's MO at the moment as well, <laughs> is just to slide games out at the most random fucking times yeah. and just not tell anyone, oh, did it come out? It's like they're the ones going, did it come out? We didn't even know. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe buy something else. God of War just come out. Buy that. Yeah. So goddamn weird. But it's ex- okay, but Forspoken... That has obviously gone back to January of 2023, was supposed to be coming out. We don't have a date yet for uh, Hogwarts Legacy. So do you reckon, what are yeah. the chances that Legacy gets bumped? Uh, mate, that, that's, that's Warner Brothers. Brothers. That, that game is coming out if they've got to put it on crutches and kick it out the door in Q4. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Mark my words. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sure they'd like it. I'm sure that'd make Christmas look pretty nice. Yeah, exactly. The other thing. Yeah, it, it is kind of a weird one. Like... It's funny, I can't remember where I was reading it, but someone was saying like they were looking back at some comments that they had made last year about this year saying like, oh, I think it was Yong Yi actually. And he was saying like, what a mad year this is going to be with all of these games coming out. And right. so many games have vacated that it's just kind of like, it does Nothing. feel kind of bare in a way. Like, yes, you've got like massive hitters. Don't get me wrong. You've got your fucking Elden Ring. God of War is going to be massive. But you look at games like um, Horizon, maybe didn't reach the heights that they were hoping, even though it sold perfectly fine. But, you know, like, these games need to come out at the end of the year. Like, like Starfield pushed. Okay, Redfall pushed fine. Fuck, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, there's still a scarily large amount of unknowns for what should be coming out at the end of this year that have not been given dates. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Plus, if you think like, of Alex Jones's take, then hey, God of War, Jonesy, not coming out this year anyway. So, but that's makes what it, I was going to say. Even more dire. That's kind of funny as well because, um, or if if 
if they do bump some games, you know, like some of the ones which haven't got dates yet, and they say, hey, let's let's put them out first thing 2023, if if nothing, just to give them more of a chance of being higher up the rankings, you know, when it comes to like game of the year kind of situation, because obviously I suppose a lot of people are going to assume God of War is going to take. Um, game of the year this year maybe you know or, or it's going to definitely be up there it's, it's, it's the year when Elden Ring is out so it's going to, it's um, going to have a lot to, a lot of work sure sure itself. so but it's going to you know it's going to be up there so maybe they're like do you know what let's just get into 2023 let's give ourselves you know a, a clear a more of a clear run of it and then if Ragnarok does get bumped to 2023 they're just <laughs> going to be like, like so pissed off <laughs> yeah. but, but hey but, nothing says it's going to get bumped at the moment so it, yeah. chances are my, my expectations my predictions are wrong it's going to be a mixed bag like one thing that I just remembered uh, is that did you see what happened to Marvel's Midnight Suns oh, yeah. um, this pushed, last week, yeah. where that's been pushed and doesn't have a new date? It's just like very ominously pushed into the distance. I think it's gonna, <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be a mixture between that, that those kind of slightly ominous pushes. Like, hey, we'll you'll hear about this game next year. We'll figure it out between now and then, and also just like it's very easy to forget because there was such an onrush and an onslaught through June, especially of news that we are still in the kind of the, the, the preview cycle for this fall. Gamescom, and like between baby. games coming a couple of weeks, THQ Nordic, uh, tomorrow, um, Nintendo just had a direct for Splatoon. Um, you know, like, uh, Sony will at some point have something for God of war. And of course they have had showcases in September, uh, in both of the last two years. So like, in the next month to month and a half, like, let's call it the next 40 to 45 days, like plenty of things will happen. Um, and some of that will involve games missing out. Yeah. And like Hogwarts Legacy, for example, like who knows? Like that could easily be one of those things where Warner Brothers slip into an event and are like December 9th, get pre ordering. Or it could be like a Marvel's Midnight Suns and certain games will just disappear into the ether and we'll find out next year. But like, like a lot can happen. Like Keeley's doing a show. You know, Keeley's doing another two-hour show in two weeks, and it feels like we just had the last one. But two-hour two show with work. thirty game game. Uh, was it game reveals? Did he mention? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then they're doing they're doing that yeah they're doing that thing where they're like they talk about how much they've got going on in the first couple of things. You're like, okay, it's like we're gonna see more Sonic. It's like don't I don't care, Jeff. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> I love to see. I like how you said that. Like you're talking directly to him. Like, come on, Jeff. Like, just don't promote the show that way. Like, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna give you the seventh preview of the worst looking Sonic game in recent memory. Like, why are we still doing this? What's the circus for? <laughs> it is funny when you when they say that, and you do think like, do they not know that everyone said like I said it looks awful, or do they just they do know but they're contractually obligated? Yeah, and they, it's and too big a name as well. It's just yeah, too, maybe too, carries too much weight. Well, the other the other one they've got is like the new game from the team who made. Subnautica, it's their new game that they've confirmed will be at Games. Excuse me, Gamescom. Yeah, which which you know, which, fair you know. play. Subnautica is the, a, a good game and it's loved by a lot of people. But yeah. yeah, like, is that what you need to kind of like lead in with? Is that your strongest thing that you're saying? Is that going to be I the apex not, of what is being sold to you? you know? I hope not. I mean, part of me would like Jonesy and I were discussing the possibility of this earlier. Like, part of me hopes that. Sony and Jeff, you know, were happy to have The Last Was Part One close Summer Game Fest. If there's a similar deal to squeeze a little bit of our boy Kratos in at uh, Gamescom, then I'll be a very happy bunny. Man, I'll, I'll do Death, you one better. Death Stranding. Yeah, because we know Kojima's been editing that sly Kojima's been editing, yeah. Yeah, Death Stranding got its first ever gameplay reveal at the first ever Gamescom opening night live. So, And yeah, you're right. Like Kojima is very public about the fact he's editing. He's like... He, well, is he going to be editing something for Christmas? Like, probably not. 
<laughs> there's still the the weird leaked game that everyone knows exists, but has we haven't like, seen it? Overdose. yet. Overdose, yeah, the the cloud based horror game starring Margaret Qualey that you play on a phone. <laughs> Fuck, I don't fucking know, like what a weird piece of shit that is, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It. It's gonna be. It's it's basically what I'm saying is that June is such a rush. It's easy to be mistaken and think that the preview cycle is over and we're prepped for Q4. But there are a lot of major games that still consider August a part of their hey, like getting people ready for the pre-order cycle and yeah. all of that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, good old God of War. I I just want it to be good, man, and I think it will be. Like it's not yeah. what I'm saying about like Breath of the Wild too. Like I do have my concerns, but I think I think they're gonna pull it out of the bag. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it'll be good. I think it's gonna. I think compared to the first one, I think it will. It, it, it can't will. make the same impact. Like yeah. it's lost. That, that. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. It's gonna. Yeah, that's that's. But I suppose in some ways that's almost a positive in some sense. Like we would all hate it if it came out and was like it, like the original trilogy. You'd all go, what have they done? But we want more of what they did in the first one. But yeah, like as you said, it won't make the same sort of impact. I, can't, I kind of feel with God of War. Maybe maybe this is how I'm thinking of it. I kind of feel that with like Ragnarok, they they're not going to reinvent the wheel too much from no God of War 2018. Uh, and well, they're using that, the same level, like or the same world, aren't they? They're just adding, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and iterating on it. Whereas I feel with like everything I've heard about Breath of the Wild too, is like, oh, you're going to go into the sky because that worked out so fucking well with Skyward Sword, and um, there's going to be like time manipulation and shit. And I hear shit like that, and maybe from other developers, it doesn't worry me so much. But when I hear it from Nintendo, it, it does kind of concern me. Like I've, I've been on the record before saying like. I've got a love-hate relationship with Zelda that usually lands on the hate side of things, uh, despite my best efforts. But Breath of the Wild was that perfect fucking zenith of it um, that really just kind of took off. And you talk about not being able to have the same impact as what Breath of the Wild did, absolutely. But I just feel that like Nintendo are too too much in the case of saying like, we've got all these fucking crazy ideas and we're going to just put them <laughs> in. And yeah. it, but Nintendo is likely going to strike the- twice then. Like I, I think it could. I, I have my doubts. I, 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 I just think that, don't get me wrong. Like, like the more I hear about Nintendo and the way they operate, the more I'm just uh, like uh, <laughs> firm in the belief that that well, yeah, that ba- they are a baffling company. And when you hear stories like like, did you guys read the Game Byte report the other day on the One Two Switch sequel? The other <laughs> yes. day, it was like a month or two ago. There's a fully made, a fully developed, fully finished sequel to One Two Switch. Yeah, it's called Three Four Switch. Test- <laughs> It's not actually, but... Uh, oh, Low-hanging low fruit, give it to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just saying because Jonesy didn't pull a face, so I was like making sure that Jonesy knew that that was a joke. Helping Jonesy oh, register the humour. I guess uh, it was. Yeah, I think I think Jonesy's just tired, dude. <laughs> All right. What I was going to say, though, Jonesy, is it's a fully developed, fully finished, ready-to-ship, ready-to-release product that is tested so badly with, like, like test audiences that they don't know what to do with it. So they're just like... Oh, we've wow, made okay. we've made a game. We're not putting it out like this. So we're just wow! Kind and of after like, how bad One Two Switch was, that's impressive. Well, yeah, See, that, that is the more, apparently this is somehow even out. worse. That's but the more baffling thing about Nintendo is that they looked at One Two Switch and thought to themselves, "We should make a sequel to this." But like you, you think about like I know you've got a love hate relationship with Zelda, Chris. But you look at like like whether it's like look at Mario for example, whether it's a direct sequel in the form of um, Galaxy Two. Galaxy 2, which I don't need to talk to you about, or Odyssey, which I, I remember watching that trailer for Odyssey, the one where that it ends with a T-Rex wearing Cappy, <laughs> and I was like, they've, they're doing too much. Like They've tried to do something <laughs> special and different, and they've blown it. 
and I played the game and I was so wrong. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a there is a Nintendo magic. And I think the vibe I get from Breath of the Wild 2 is that I think a version of Breath of the Wild 2 could have come out already. And the reason it hasn't is because like let's do right by this. Yeah, maybe. I hope. So maybe. that's my optimism for you. Mm. Wow. Uh time will tell, fellas, and, and not at the end of this year, but I, I'm pretty sure we'll hear about Breath of the Wild 2 this year, but not obviously not the release because it's been pushed. Uh, but yeah, we should we should be hopefully like a new trailer, something. Okay, come on, nice, Nintendo right? Direct, give us give us some love. Um, but fellas, we're approaching the two hour mark. There's another story that we got there, which is basically a Tekken eight has been teased. Cool, I love Tekken. There's another one coming. It's been seven years since Tekken Seven has come out, so fair play. It's about time. Do we need to say more than that? Should we sign off? <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, it was a it was a weird teaser, but I, yeah, it was a weird that. teaser. But you know what? I'm just I'm a world where there's another Tekken is a world that's worth living in. I'll say that much, especially because I know that I would enjoy Tekken, and after Tekken comes Soul Calibur, and that's bang up my alley. I kind of hate Tekken. I must admit, like, because do you know why? Because Tekken three yeah. took up like the entirety of my final year at university. Oh, don't I know it? Yeah. And it's because of Tekken three that I Tekken three that I found out what carpal tunnel syndrome was. <laughs> right. Do you, nice. do, you know the, do you know the worst thing about that though? It was just me playing my housemate. We just played each other Tekken three constantly, oh, constantly, constantly. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's no online. There was no online, but I'm still no good at Tekken. <laughs> so it's like I spent a year playing because if because that's the thing. Like to get better at something, you have to play a better opponent. But we were just playing each other, so we weren't getting any better. Like. It was we just played a lot of Tekken and then it got to the end of the year and it was like probably should have studied. <laughs> yeah, where, where's your Tekken three now? What has it done for you in twenty twenty two? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, can't monetize that. Maybe something. <laughs> you did end up working in a games in, a games adjacent environment for a few years. That's true. Hey, it was it was nothing compared to my first year. No, my second year when I was playing Prince of Persia two or three. <laughs> oh, one of the worst ones. Oh, do me a favor! Wow, but, yeah, no, but, that's right. But, they can't. But, they can't all be as good as Prince of Persia two thousand eight, or whichever year it was. You cell cell oh shaded, cell shaded Prince. I saw Alex Jones burst a fucking bag. Jamie was just, three and a half. He doesn't know what he was talking about. No, I, just, I just think it's worth acknowledging that a good game is a good game, and Prince of Persia two thousand eight was a damn good game that saved a, a, a slowly failing like. Wow. franchise that was just struggling for new ideas and i mean just struggling like the, so hard and they're remaking it a full like 15 just, years later <laughs> yeah and realizing that it's still shit and they can't put it out <laughs> destruct toys hey, 9.5 out of 10 shit. oh cheeky 8 out of 10 from games 8.7 out of 10 from game trailers just what a rich world this you know what that was, was? That, that was pre gamergate so uh all the games journalists were all dodgy then <laughs> mm, just, yeah, just, they're, they're all just positive reviews across. They're the all on the on the payroll. They're all uh, on the payroll. I, IGN. By, uh, I, do you know what was interesting? I, IGN UK and IGN US really disagreed with each other on Prince of Persia 2008. IGN UK gave it a 9.4 out of 10. What? IGN US though gave it a 9.3 out of 10. That they is, couldn't agree. They, that they is outrageous. That they is outrageous. Hold eye to eye on 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 how good one of the best games of the generation was. That, no, like fair, fair play. I'm just gonna uh, 
He's just going to cut yeah. you out of his life. I mean, now. I I, th- I think it was one of those things, though, Chris, where it's like <laughs> just blocking any, you on Twitter. Any, anything would be good when you just finished playing Prince of Persia: The Two Thrones. Like the only way is up, basically, is what I'm saying. Oh my um, god! How how okay? Can I ask a serious question? How are you this spicy at the end of the fucking podcast? I just drank a monster. Fair enough. <laughs> I guess I don't know. And also, it's Jonesy spice. And like, if you ask me to wind up Jonesy about Prince of Persia, tiredness. What did what did they what did they give? What did you say? IGN gave um, gave it nine point um, nine point three and nine point four. Wow! So they they're saying it's as good as Red Dead Redemption Two. That is actually impressive. To be fair, so I'd um, probably go one step further and say like, with the benefit of hindsight, obviously. Uh, Prince of Persia 2008 coming out 10 years earlier like Prince of Persia 2008 arguably a better game than Red Dead Redemption 2 I I think I'd have to agree with you Prince of Persia 2008 is so good that it made Jonesy forget that they made another emo Prince of Persia game (laughs) two years later called The Forgotten Sands to tie in with the Jake Gyllenhaal movie and no one played it because they were like well this isn't cell shaded anymore no thanks (laughs) oh but that was a wasn't that like some weird um, like halfway thing. Was it on what console was that even on? It was, was on. It, it's a very easy. No, it was on like a PS3 and 3. It's a very easy one to forget. It came out in 2010, yeah. and it was basically like 2008 came out. It was cell shaded and was a slightly different thing. Then they were like, oh, yeah, it was, it was "Let's terrible. do let the a movie's coming out. Let's do another one that's like more like the original." Oh, to trilogy. capitalize upon the release, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't. The thing is, it wasn't bad. It was good. It wasn't as good as um, the Two Thrones or um, uh, Warrior Within. Um, but it, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. Warrior, um, uh, Warrior Within and Two Thrones were, were, were good games. Were you know, you know what games. is amazing is I've, I, I I opened the door to us just ending this podcast at a decent <laughs> time and Which is, just, hey, slammed it back in my time. face, fellas. It, it's fine. Welcome welcome back to... Uh, the, wait, let me, let me think. You've got to say welcome to the suck. Prince of Persia... Prince of, I'm trying to like lasagna, Prince of Persia. <laughs> Prince, uh, uh, Prince of Parmesan, Parmesan, Prince of Parmesan. Prince of Parmigiano. Prince of Parmigiano. Parmigiano works. Maybe. Prince, Prince of Persia d'Orange. <laughs> okay. All that. right. Fine. I always go French with it when I don't know what to do. We've had <laughs> chocolat, pan au chocolat, and jus d'Orange. <laughs> Oh, Prince, uh, Prince of Persia, the two cones. Prince, Prince of Pomme de Terre. <laughs> Prince of Pomme de Terre. I'm ending this podcast. Fellas, of, I, I'm, I'm just cutting it off here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on a podcast platform of your choice, thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to support us on Patreon. And we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>